Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, David. Hello, Matt. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jess. <laughs> hey, just quick thought I've been having. How good is it to be alive? Wow. Well, to answer that question, I've brought in a very special guest. <laughs> how good is it to be alive? Let's find out with Beck Betrayers. It's me. I'm, I'm the person who says how great it is to be alive. <laughs> You've, that's my job. That's why I'm here. And and Beck, can-, can we get an official ruling, please? It's pretty good. Yes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've been asking that question for months and it's good to finally get an answer. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. The question, how great is it to be alive? Pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry it took so long to get here and let you know. Thanks yeah. so much, Beck. That's a weight off. Yeah, I've got some stuff on. And you've never been to this building before. I so. don't know where I am. <laughs> who are you people? People who don't know Beck, she does. she's from Stupid Old Studios. And you got a show coming up. That's probably one of the reasons why you're super busy is you're at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yes, I'm doing a show. It's called Merry. And it's about a bad Christmas I had. <laughs> but don't worry. You don't have to have one. You'll have a nice time at a show and yeah. then you, you can experience Beck my bad Beck had a bad times. Christmas so you don't have to. That's right. It was actually very And the very show's in like March, April. So by the time real Christmas comes around, you'll have forgotten about the mm. show 
because um, it won't be memorable. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you can just enjoy Christmas as is. Yeah, that's the vibe I want people to walk away with. Perfect. I want them not to remember the show <laughs> and, and to just go into the next Christmas fresh. Yeah, yeah get it out there. You're, you're sharing a venue with Dave, I believe. Is that right? Yes, we're both at Campari House, fantastic venue on Hardware Lane, and I think I've worked out that you can see back in my show, you might be five minutes late to my show. Who cares? But sneak eh. in. If you you don't put any good stuff up top, do you? Absolutely not. It's all padding. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and panicking. And the end of my show, all juicy goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't miss that. Don't you run away to don't, Dave's show. Don't, don't miss don't it. It's all the it. juice of that Christmas turkey. Mm-mm-mm. The most yeah, delicious so, bit. Yeah, but I'm um, doing a show. It'll be good. It'll be nice. And I'd love people to come along. Come along. It'll be lovely. Be there. I'm going to do the double, but I probably will actually just skip Dave's show. Call <laughs> 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 the double. I'm going to book. How many, how many can it hold, your venue? Uh, 50 people. I'm going to book. 45 tickets. <laughs> if you're paying for that, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah, but then that you have be... to do a show to five if they all turn up. That, yeah, great. I hope no one turns up and then I just get to <laughs> yeah, walk. Yeah, true, actually. Walk to the bank right. <laughs> and withdraw some money <laughs> and buy a McDonald's meal. It's right near McDonald's. <laughs> Jess, if you want to do that to me as well, that's also Okay, fine. I will bankroll okay. both of your shows. Actually, no, uh, people don't do that. Don't buy tickets to my show if you can't come. It'll be so sad. <laughs> so I can... Please don't no, do that. Don't. don't Only go, buy tickets if you can come. Yeah, don't go to comedyfestival.com.au because it'll be so funny and sad for me. If what you, a prank. Yeah, got me. You can prank me as well. My show <laughs> ding. Uh, buy all the tickets and don't show up or show up. I'd prefer you to show up, but as long as you buy the tickets, that's the main thing. <laughs> that's what we do this for. I'll I'm be at honest. the Chinese Museum. And Jess, where's your show on it? I am at Tick Swanston. And to be honest, it's not going to be super profitable anyway. I would prefer bums on seats. Um <laughs> So you get you can buy a ticket, but please come and sit on a seat and laugh. Oh, see, that's these people. They're so needy. They're in it for the laughter. I'm in it for the money. Yeah. We're also doing a quiz show, aren't we, Dave? Oh yeah. We are doing a quiz show on three Monday nights, April 3, 10, and seventeen at the Melbourne Town Hall. Great time. But enough of that plugging, Jess. What's this show we're doing, and how's it work? Well, this show is based on fun and friendship and learning. Mm. One of the three of us this week. It's Beck who's a fourth of us. Um, <laughs> One is, quarter of us. <laughs> Beck is a quarter of us. Has gone away, done some research on a topic, brought it back to the rest of the group um, who politely listen and engage and ask really meaningful, thoughtful questions mm-hmm. um, and no dog shit riffs. We usually get onto topic with a question. Beck, I believe you have a question to start us. Oh, boy, do I. Well done, Beck. So, which fast food founder got into a shootout with a surprising foe. Oh, a surprising Ooh. foe. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Grimace. Oh, yeah. Founder? <laughs> oh, we got, we got, wait, who founded it? We've gone with everyone except the, the criminal. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Bertie. Could it have been Mr. Red Rooter, Rooster himself? <laughs> Mr. Red Rooter. Johnny Rooter. Kind of founder of Red Rooster. <laughs> the Burger King. <laughs> uh, who's the Burger Queen? Anyway. Is it the Colonel? Sanders. You're bloody right, <laughs> Matt. It is, the- it is Colonel Sanders. Colonel yes. Sanders. Colonel well, I don't Sanders. think I could tell you any other of the founders, like Subway or. Well, yeah, Ronald McDonald found McDonald's. Oh, yeah, of course. No, well, that was correct. You were uh, all right. found McDonald's, Ray Kroc before. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. That was my yeah. report. Did not remember that name. <laughs> <laughs> but Colonel Sanders. Yes. So now I think it's worth noting before I begin that pretty much all the information about the Colonel is either from his own words. Love that. Or information published by KFC. <laughs> okay. So I think we should probably take 
most of this with a grain of salt. But a grain of chicken salt. A grain of chicken of cigarette herbs and spices. Nah, you ruined it. No, no, that's. You don't know salt is one of the secret herbs and spices. How many secret? Is it nine? How many herbs and spices are there? Eleven, my friend. Eleven. Well, nine plus salt and um, paprika. Different type of salt. Throughout this, I want you to work it all out, okay. and then I'm going to be a billionaire. Um, okay. But it also, I wrote this report while eating KFC. <laughs> so I was bright. Beck, you're a big fan of Kentucky Fried? I do love it. I did have a podcast back in the day called Kentucky Fried Chat, and, mm-hmm. and we ate the whole KFC menu. Yes. One, one menu item at a time, is that right? One menu item at a time. Including the refresher towelettes, is that right? Yeah, we did. Oh. We did. <laughs> Try and do them? Quick, I mean, a quick taste, yeah. And do you know what? I don't think they were as bad as a lot of things. <laughs> really? Wow. You would put them above some other stuff? Yeah, yeah Like definitely. one of those uh, coleslaw shakers or whatever yeah, they have. Yeah, they were refreshing. Okay. Wow. Delicious. <laughs> and beautiful palate cleanser. If you do, don't do don't eat the towelettes. That's a good thing to start That's a good, but yeah, That's good way to, to start. To start don't eat the towelettes. Yeah. Um, also, You'll spoil your appetite. <laughs> also, writing this turned me into um, – my high school self. I've never felt more like I'm, I'm presenting a bunch. Yeah. And you're the, the t- anyway. I feel like Ooh. every time I, I, fl- yeah. I have flashbacks to uni, being yeah. up all night, yeah. cramming in study. I'm, I'm trying to work out whether I have highlighted the interesting parts of his life or I just want you, I want to pass and get a. Please <laughs> <laughs> get, get degrees. A, that's true. Yep. Well, this is going to be HD. All right. So <laughs> I'll be I'll decide that. Well, HDs also get degrees. They don't tell you that, but it's true. They Holy don't. shit! Yeah, Holy never thought of that. What D's get degrees? Oh my god! Like it can be anything in between. <laughs> yeah. If people from other um, countries with different scoring systems are so confused right mm. now, a P is just a pass. Anyway, take Spe- it away, Beck. Speaking of HD, Colonel Harland David Sanders. Oh. Harland. 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 I like it. Is that who the Globetrotters are named after? Yes. Wow. I never knew that. Learning a lot. I didn't write that down, but that's, yeah, that wow. is true. Uh, he was born September 9th, 1890, on a farm either near or in Henryville, Indiana. Mm. I found conflicting reports on the official KFC website and Encyclopedia Britannica, so right. believe the source you trust more. Not, <laughs> I don't know which one. He's not even from Kentucky. No. Well, it's very close to. So Henryville's a tiny, tiny census-designated space they don't. They don't even really call it a town, but it is a town. Um, Sanders did not have an easy start to life or middle to life, but had a pretty <laughs> remarkable after middle to life. Oh, uh, and a <laughs> great after life. <laughs> we I, celebrate that guy. I mean, he kind of still does exist. Uh, he'd be flame grilled right now, I reckon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is he going? He's about to do he, some he real got bad things. Jaxed. <laughs> yeah. Surely he'd be fried. Um, no, yeah, good point. Yeah. Maybe maybe he wanted to vary it up. I mean, you'll you'll hear his opinions. I'm just assuming that he's a bad he's a bad person because of I think what was an untrue conspiracy theory I heard in high school. But let's find out if that's in there. Oh my god, what did you do to those chickens? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he was born on a farm. His mother was Margaret Ann Dunlevy, and his father was Wilbur Sanders, who worked as a farmer until an unfortunate fall where he broke his leg, and he later became a butcher. Uh, he told biographer Joel Ed Pierce that he had fond memories of his father as an easygoing man, 
but he did used to cry as all children do when his father sold any liver in his butcher shop because Sanders loved liver <laughs> and feared he wouldn't bring any back for his family. <laughs> yep, Not the liver! Uh, we all relate to we that. We can yeah. all remember that childhood trauma of <laughs> father selling the liver. Oh, please, please, a little slither for me. Please, please a sliver, of liver. sliver of liver, Daddy. Please. At least some of the awful, please, Daddy. <laughs> oh, Daddy, please, I've been such a good boy, I have. I know he's American, but, I, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just you slip into Cockney ways. It feels yeah. right. Uh, but he didn't get his meat chopping chops from his dad, <laughs> who sadly died when Harland was only five years old. He had two siblings, Clarence and Catherine, and he was the oldest. And according to his own autobiography, they all looked after themselves thanks to his mother's training. So Sanders says his mother taught him to always tell the truth, not cheat, and be kind to one another. She also encouraged them to not drink alcohol or smoke tobacco or gamble or play with matches. And she also apparently didn't let them whistle on Sundays. So it was all pretty – she was a devout Christian. And We've they, all read the Bible. Yes. There's yeah. that, that pretty full-on <laughs> chapter about no whistling. Yeah. Just Peter just going, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Shh. I don't want to hear it. We, you know what happened last Sunday? It was in my head all week. <laughs> <laughs> I only know two songs. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> – In his early life, his mother Margaret used to do the odd sewing job around town and worked in a local tomato cannery to keep food on the table. And there's a particularly sad picture that Sanders paints of their mother's struggle to get even the small amount of sewing work she had. Um, In his autobiography, he explained that in the small farming community, generally a man only had one suit. He got that to get married in, then he put it away and didn't have it on again until they laid him out in a casket when he died. Oh, so, yeah. Honestly, I, can, like, I can almost relate to that. At that point, I'm like, because, mm. you know, with wedding dresses, they cost like thousands oh, and thousands yes. of dollars, and then you just put it in a cupboard. It's so sad. So, like, it, it's a waste. But it'd be cool if all the farmers wore suits. I agree. Just this one town. <laughs> Everyone, all the farmers all really well-dressed. Business farmers. Oh. I reckon weddings are the only time I pull out a suit. Yeah. We mm. haven't died yet. That's true. <laughs> That Give is him true. time, any minute. But I've also heard that, um, yeah, there was an old tradition of, I don't know where or when. But, Here we go. But people... <laughs> Speculative at best. <laughs> it was in the olden days. <laughs> but where women would wear their wedding dress and then dye it black and that would be their morning dress for when people died. What were they wearing in the afternoon? Hell! <laughs> Thank you so much. That... Well, that's that's grim though, isn't it? Yeah. But I suppose, but, but it's a bit more resourceful. Yeah, because otherwise, you just put your wedding dress in a box. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. wearing a big, imagine a big ball gown, poofy ball <laughs> yeah. gown that's black to a funeral. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit full on. Cool. But ev- and everyone is. Yeah. You know? Everyone just bouncing around the church, <laughs> like, can't fit. So sorry for your loss. <laughs> Nobody can pee at a funeral <laughs> without taking a friend with them to help lift the dress up. <laughs> yeah, they've all got those, yeah. those trains with three people yeah. carrying them. <laughs> All wearing their own dresses, needing someone. It's quite a production. It's a conga line of sorts. Yeah, I reckon just put on some black pants or something. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah, I like that. It does sound like it's tough if you're the person in town who knows how to sew. You're not getting a lot of work if people are wearing them once and then another time in 30 years. Okay, now I understand the context. (laughs) It does sound sound tough. It's not a good time. Yeah. Um, But he tells the story in his autobiography of being seven years old and hungry for bread while his mother was away working in the cannery, and he managed to make a loaf. So his siblings were so proud and impressed that they wanted to show his mum right then and there because she'd 
he'd basically just learnt from looking at the mother making things. So, like, just picked it up and tried to make it. So they all walked into town and Santa says, that's where I got in trouble because all the women who were peeling tomatoes were so impressed that he could bake, they all had to give him one of those classic mum's friends kisses. You know, those ones that are like, oh, get it over here. (laughs) 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 Oh, my little guy. (laughs) Grabbing the cheekies. Uh, So he said, I almost swore never to bake another loaf of bread if I had to take such a muggin. His autobiography is all like lots of the letter N and then like the apostrophe, like no word has a G on the end. But his mother was also happy with him and he marks this as the start of his (laughs) cooking. And he did say cooking. And possibly the birth of the first official KFC dinner roll. Oh. Is that a famous dish on the KFC menu? Do you know what it wasn't really? And also, this was a different type of bread. This was The bread he made had mashed potatoes in it. What? Yeah, KFC published a recipe book and it had this light bread, which was what he made, and you roll in like hot and warm mashed potatoes. Sounds amazing. Wow. Sounds pretty good. good. Yeah. Yum. Cool bread. I would much prefer that than a dinner roll. Because I love bread and potato. I'm just worried that combining the two will make them both worse. But you reckon it, it's better? Have you, or you haven't tried it? I haven't tried it's it. Now that you're saying it, now I'm getting worried. No, I reckon it'd be great. And that's when I... Here's what I prepared earlier. <laughs> okay. That would be amazing, bringing that would be, bread to the pot. Oh, yeah. I should have brought chicken in. Yeah, because it's not like usually just yeah. one of the senses that's tantalised. On this podcast, but imagine if we bump that up to two. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Taste and the ear, ear one, hearing. <laughs> it rhymes ear with one. ear. Oh no! You're so close. <laughs> but he didn't think to turn that childhood cooking into a worldwide empire yet. Instead, that lazy guy waited until the ripe old age of ten to get his first job on a local farm, and he worked for a farmer called Charlie Norris. And Norris said he would pay the very young Sanders. Chuck Norris. Oh, oh my god! Shit! <gasps> it's Chuck freaking Norris. Whoa. He is way older than you think. Yeah. This this report has more cameos than I expected. Wow. Uh, Norris said he would pay the very young Sanders two dollars a month and give him board to clear his land, and also if he beat him in a arm wrestle. Two dollars a month. Yeah. I know that's like old timey money, but that's still not a lot, is it? It wasn't, and also when you think that he is ten. And should not be working yeah. anyway. You go, hmm, maybe not great. That's what the horse might have said. <laughs> <laughs> hey! That's what the horse eats. <laughs> what a mess. Um, but unfortunately, Sanders got distracted. He was getting distracted by just being out in the land and seeing all the squirrels and the butterflies and the birds, yeah, you know, I enjoying his childhood. Yeah, being a kid. Spinning um, a wheel with a stick or something. And he only managed to clear <laughs> an acre of land. In a month, which I think is pretty good. That sounds great. Yeah, but Farmer Norris, he didn't like it, and he said, boy, you ain't worth a daggone, which is a nice way of saying God damn. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was a very cool thing to do. (laughs) Um, He cites this as his first career failure and as a turning point, which is interesting to have at 10. Uh, He didn't feel good about letting his mother down and not being able to contribute to the household. In his autobiography, he said, I made a resolve right then and there. If I ever got a job again... Nothing will ever keep me from finishing what I'm called on to do. He's 10 years old. 10 Didn't he, years he old. He saw the loaf of bread as a turning point as well. I think he sees everything as a turning point. I think he does. I mean, he really likes to talk up his own life. He really, in his autobiography, he he makes it seem like 
a, like a movie. Every moment is momentous. Yeah. yeah but the problem is with that many turning points, you just do a full 360 and keep going <laughs> in the direction you started in. That sounds pretty good, though, because then you're still going forward, I guess. Right. But, I mean, why bother with a turn? <laughs> Slowing you down. Sometimes just, just for a different view. A spin, you know? Be fun. Mm, okay. You're, just, you're always like, i got to go from A to B. And I'm like, yeah, but what's in between? Know what I mean? Chicken. <laughs> well, it's a little while until we get there. Um, so this bird, young Sanders, on taking on some really cool and fine farm work up until the age of thirteen. Uh, and now, according to a timeline on the KFC UK website, this was the age he left home to seek his fortune. But I think that paints too cheery a picture. Now, this wasn't the story of a young boy setting off in the world to become a young business prodigy like in a fun Pixar film about capitalism. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) the story is more a sad Pixar short that plays before the main movie about how sometimes families are no good and he would be played by like an anthropomorphic apple or something. (laughs) I don't know. But his mother remarried a man called William Broadus who did promise to take care of the family, but this meant moving everyone out to Indiana to a farm and Sanders was expected to help him with the farm and then also sell all these groceries and do a bunch of things and things got pretty bad between them. They had a pretty bad relationship. Right, evil stepfather. Yes. This is more like a Disney film now. Yeah, it doesn't get good. So also at around the same time, Sanders tells a story of his algebra teachers saying X equals the unknown quantity. And that didn't sound no good to me. If there was an unknown quantity, I wanted to find out about it. Else, I didn't want to mess with it. Yeah, that's how algebra works. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. yeah just follow you the f- rules. You figure it out. Yeah. You figure I'm out. I'm not getting into this <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. You Pretty t- soon it will be a known quantity. Yeah, so turn to the back page in the textbook and there the answer yeah. is right there. <laughs> but- the, way, the way you described his life with the new dad didn't sound that bad. It's like, and he got to work I on think, the farm. I think maybe she's- it gets a little bit. Okay. It gets a little bit worse. Right, yeah, because he was already working on a yeah. farm. Yeah, that's right. Because it sounds like that's what he would have liked to have done. So it must have been bad for him to be like. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe I she's this. doing a bit of editing on the spot. You know, like oh no, a- I was going to go. I'm okay. going to jump in, but I was just going to before before it got really bad. Um, he said that uh, in his own words, "Me and school parted." Okay. And he was about six, seventh grade. So kind yeah, of wow. a, a Bill Gates dropout, but earlier. I guess. Okay. Is that Thanks a for putting it in language I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Gates language. Gates language. I know you love Windows. Yeah. If you tell, if you want to talk to me about something, tell me how does it affect me in terms of Microsoft or that yeah. little clip that talks to you. Clippy. 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 Did Bill Gates drop out of college, or have I just made that up on the fly? Did he? I don't know. He oh seemed like the kind of guy would have finished like, it. That but feels like the vibe. Maybe not. No. Okay. I, I don't. He I'll, does have a bit of a boy genius vibe. Yeah. What's his name? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. This isn't even the person. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Who are we talking about? <laughs> the person I love. I'm looking up Bill Gates dropout. Let's see what it says. Bill Gates dropped out of Harvard after two oh, years. Sorry? He dropped Microsoft. out of where? Harvard. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. I had no idea what you were talking so, about. So, yeah, you're right. A couple of years later yeah. for Bill Gates. Harvard. Harvard. Um, so, Sanders got work at around 12 at a local cart works where he painted some carts as well. It's also where he got into his first big fist fight with a co-worker who owed him five cents. Yeah. Um, and it's this is sort of the start of some, it, you know, this is the beginning of a few bad things that will happen. I've killed over five cents. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just realising, I'm still, I'm picturing him the whole way mm. wearing like a white linen yeah, suit. Yeah, I also was doing that as well. But then I just remembered you said 
He only he wouldn't have worn one yet. No. He hasn't been married. No, and he hasn't died. No, he's only thirteen at this point. <laughs> he hasn't been married yet. I know. What's the male equivalent of a spinster? <laughs> uh, it's more positive. I think it's bachelor. Confirmed bachelor. <laughs> Confirmed thirteen-year-old bachelor, Ooh. Colonel Sanders. Says that uh, things went a bit bad for him from here, really. That a couple of days after uh, he got into the fist fight, his stepfather was angry about some work he apparently didn't do correctly and became a bit violent. Um, Sanders managed to run away, but unfortunately Sanders' mother's reaction to this was to pack him a suitcase, the only one the family owned, with his clothes in it. He left his family and says that he knew his mother was crying and he walked away and he didn't dare turn back because he was also crying. This is a comedy podcast. Not sure why. She, Wait, kicked, so, like, she kicked him out. She kicked him out, because yeah. uh, Because his stepdad wasn't happy with yeah. some work he did. Yeah. Fuck but no. she did give him their only suitcase. So that's apparently it was a paper suitcase. So I don't oh know if that's. Oh my gosh. So it falls apart as it's raining. Yeah, he's walking it's away. So, it rains. It's such a sad. All of a sudden he's just got oh. the handle. Yeah. And it's not clear whether he was given somewhere to go. There's some suggestions he was told to go visit his uncle who was in New Albany. Um, but there's other suggestions he just left and hitchhiked. Um, he just basically got away. The and- one that got away. The Colonel Sanders story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing, though, because I don't think it was a good situation. No. Seems like it worked out all right in the end. Oh, my goodness. But not for quite some time. No, we're still, we're so early. So, not for chickens, mind you. No, if anything. I wish he stayed at home. I wish I worked out how many chickens. <laughs> oh, God. The, um, no. How, no, man, how much chicken so blood was on his hands? <laughs> oh, on his white suit as well. Oh, yeah. oh, no. What a nightmare. Yuck. So he did go to stay with his uncle, uh, who was Dick Dunlavy, uh, and got some more work on a farm, and that lasted about two years. Um, so that was KFC's left home at age 13 to seek his fortune, which I don't yeah, know if that's... Yeah. Uh, a little positive spin on that. Yeah. Mm. Everyone involved in his life so far have had great names. Yeah. We've had Wilbur. We've had uh, his name, Harvard yep. or whatever. Harland. Harland. Uh, then, Catherine. Uh, That's a good one. That's Catherine, a wonderful but, one. But his brother, what was his brother's name? It was Catherine and someone else great. It was not the C. Clarence. Clarence, Clarence is one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've included a lot of the names because I thought you would enjoy them. Yeah. Clarence Hunt is one of my all-time favourite <laughs> names. Yeah? Yeah. And Dick Dunlevy. Dick, Dick Dunlevy is so good. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. So when he reached age 14, he began to grow tired of farm work. I get that. Yeah, he quit for greener pastures, but not in a literal sense. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that and went, that's good. That's <laughs> funny. That's a good one. <laughs> Tick. Uh, <laughs> so this marks Colonel Sanders' very long and very varied career in varied careers. From here, he really, his life, if it happens the way he says it happens, my goodness. So his Uncle Dick worked for the New Albany Streetcar Company and he helped him get a job as a fare collector. So sort of, you know. Ticket. T- yeah. yeah. Working on the trains, yep. uh, standing with a group of really inconspicuous people. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you're like, they don't look like they all belong together. Mm. So I that's think- what a streetcar's are like. A, it's just public transport, is it? Yeah. So there's that. What's the streetcar named Desire? It's like mm-hmm. a play or a musical or something. Tennessee from Williams. The Simpsons. Was, that a, was that an actual streetcar named it didn't have desire. It- I don't know anything about that. Oh, I think I only know it from The Simpsons. Yeah, They've- so it's it's a play. I've done it on a book sheet. You're right. Oh. More, but then they adapted it as a musical, which is very funny. R- oh, so it's dramatic. not actually a musical. Yes, yeah, great. yeah. It's the one with Stella. Yeah, yeah. Stella. That's so right. it's very dramatic, very serious. A breakdown of a <laughs> relationship and family. Yes, is Marlon Brando in the movie adaptation. Um, 
And then they turn into a musical in The Simpsons, and that's very funny. Matt, right. don't worry. I think I genuinely thought most of the musicals in The Simpsons were real. Like the Planet of the Apes musical. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, that's definitely real. Yeah. They're just singing. If not, why not? They'd be smart to that would be amazing. make some of these real. I, I mean, Cruel Intentions is a musical at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And that I did not expect. What's the song in, in Planet of the Apes and the Simpsons? Uh, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Oh, that's right. That's a banger. It's so good. He can talk. He can talk. He, he could talk. talk. He could talk. He I could sing. sing. <laughs> <laughs> I can sing. <laughs> so he got the job. <laughs> I'm just trying to find my spot again. Oh, which job was this? Streetcar. So, oh, yeah, that's yes. right. Yes. He's working on the streetcars. Uh, he really enjoyed it, and he said he would have stayed with the company indefinitely had it not been for a regular commuter who he run afoul of one day. That was not a chicken pun. <laughs> <laughs> but I just realised it could have been, and I've missed the opportunity. A man who worked at the US Army Quartermaster Depot. The man suggested he volunteer as they were looking for more troops to send to Cuba uh, because the there was a the US military were intervening on the ground during the election. It was a whole ugh, uh, it all sounded very ugh, not great. Um, and we're here to talk about chicken. Yeah, and um, not complex wars. No, I, I, I tried. I did we read it, that and I was like, should I include a bunch about the Platt Amendment? Nah. But I decided not to. Yeah, good call. Yeah. A good decision. Unless that plat is in one of his new uh, bread rolls that he's baking. Oh, that would be so good. If you could get, like, a pull-apart roll mm. from KFC. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh. Filled with mashed potato. Cheese and chives. <gasps> cheese and chives. Oh, chicken, stuff. cheese and chives. Chicken, cheese and chives. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. If the colonel's <laughs> listening. Everyone, chicken, cheese and chives. Chicken, cheese and chives. Chicken, cheese and chives. I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, according to his biography, The Colonel, uh, Sanders thought about it and he said, well, I was getting on and it was maybe time I saw something of the world. And at this time, he wasn't even 16, but he was already I'm doing that. On. I'm getting on. Time to time to do something. I mean, I did feel that at 16, actually. I was like, this is it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I guess I'll be in year 10 forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's my life now. Well, Better settle down. <laughs> So the next thing he did was he signed up for the army. He lied and said he was 21. He said he taught him a valuable lesson about lying because it really wasn't a nice time. He was shipped off to Cuba along with some fellow shipmates. 1,500 mules. That's too many. That's too many oh mules. My God. Was he the mule boy looking after the mules? He was. It was his job to take care of them. Oh, my God. And the smell of mule poop and the boat listing in the waves made him feel incredibly seasick. Oh, God. It Imagine is- how many sisters <laughs> you could buy for that many mules. Mm. We found it. I saw a poster. I talked about it on an episode a few weeks ago. This is tedious. <laughs> this but is a reference. There was, no, a, oh, yes. there was a movie poster. Was called. I think it was something like Two Mules, Two Mules for Sister Sarah. Yeah, and that was the name of the movie. <laughs> and we were laughing about how you know this is from the fifties or something. It's like all movie names are available. Why are we? Why do we have these sort of fifteen hundred mules? You could buy a whole family for that. It also sounds like. <laughs> Two mules equals one nun. <laughs> yeah, and I like right. the, the weird math systems of the past. They were kind of beautiful. It's a Clint Eastwood and Shirley MacLaine what movie. What the heck? That poster is up at Club Voltaire. Two mules for Sister Sarah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, he had too many mules. Too yeah. many mules, too for, many Sister mules Sarah. for Sister Sarah. <laughs> yeah, she's, oh, no thanks. I'm good. Uh, 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 he described the time as the most miserable thing any man ever went through, which yeah. is a lot considering he's the reason the popcorn chicken slab existed for a limited time. <laughs> so that's a that's Popcorn a, chicken slab. Oh, yeah. my word. I it actually was pretty good. That one I liked. What is that? I don't understand what that means. It was a 
uh, you know the dinner rolls, so they didn't split them, and it was I think six of them, yeah. and then oh. it was popcorn chicken in the middle, barbecue sauce, cheese. Oh my god! And I think there was something else in there, um, and I ate that during lockdown, and that was good. Okay, <laughs> that was actually a good time during lockdown. Right. I had a nice time. It's, I like, do. it's like sliders, really, it, like little mini burgers. Yeah, I guess. Right. Right. If you didn't try to eat it all, yes. Yeah, yeah, but trying to eat. Did you not separate them as well? No. Yeah, no, just I a ate knife like and a fork? big nah, nah. Big. No, no, no chewing? Kind of more like a duck? Uh, <laughs> I do eat like a duck. Uh, so he was only in the army for four months and he got horribly discharged after he voluntarily left Cuba. Did he ever reach the rank of colonel? No. Okay. Not oh, yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay. Not yet. Because I think a lot of people would go into this going, you call him a colonel, he's not really a colonel. Well, guess what? Ooh. Guess what? That's cool. That's I did think he. I just thought he was one of those, like, like uh, Elvis's colonel. I don't think he was he ever a colonel. Well, he might be the same sort of colonel as right. Colonel Sanders. That's oh, bit of corn. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't you dare hate yourself for that. That was great. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> um. So he he left uh, Cuba and from there he worked as a deckhand on a riverboat in Memphis. Oh my God, Memphis! Wow. <gasps> oh. Do you reckon he knocked in a Parker? Is it Colonel Parker? Is that the Elvis guy? Yeah, Tom Parker. Tom Parker. I don't know who that. He's like the manager questions. of Elvis. I gotcha. Think. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen the Elvis movie? No. Nah. Neither have I. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks plays, plays him. him. I haven't either. Oh, With some I strange. I haven't either. Face. One Who of saw that film? <laughs> Was that popular? Yeah, some people loved it. It's like a, it's in a, made by an Aussie as well. Yeah, but it's, yeah, a, Baz, it's a Baz. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of Baz. Uh, anyway, is Austin Butler okay? Or do you reckon he's oh, Elvis nah. forever now? <laughs> yeah, he's Elvis forever. He's like, yeah. Until his new, next role. I would love to, if I got into a role and became them, but it was a cool person like Elvis, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. cool. Why I mean, would you go back? It's incredible to me that they cast someone that looks kind of like Elvis. Do you reckon he does? No. No. Like, th- th- there's 10,000 people in the world that look more like Elvis, and they went, how about this guy? Yeah, yeah. that's the the first preview of it I saw. I'm like, I can't get my head around this guy being Elvis, which doesn't make any sense. It's not an impersonation sort of thing, but. Isn't that what acting is? Because there's. <laughs> impersonating. <laughs> impersonating. Well, I think biopic. it would sound a little yeah. something. I like this. <laughs> that's what they normally say before each yeah. scene. Every scene. Yeah. But there, I was told he doesn't look like him because there's two types of people. that You're either a frog or a rat. Yeah. And he's a frog, but Elvis was a rat or something like that. <laughs> there's two types of people? <laughs> two yeah, types yeah. of faces or something? More, I told you this. You guys have to spend <laughs> more time TikTok? on TikTok. Yeah, Are you maybe. not seeing frog oh. and rat? Come on. Oh, I saw a splat and a bloop or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah you I that saw one? that recently. It wasn't splat and bloop. Something's ha- this is... Really rotting our brains. Yeah, that we're like, no, nah, frog or rat, split or boot. I had um, <laughs> no um, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I dropped yeah, good. Stay away. good. I, I ran into a comedian the other night, Blake Freeman, who was like, "Is it just me? Or do, do you find like Instagram's more addictive lately?" And I was like, "I think you just have a show to write for the comedy festival, mm, yeah. and you don't want to." And he was like, "Yeah." That's it. Because I was like, 100%, I cannot get off TikTok at the moment. And I'm watching it like, this is all fucking trash. Add trash, add misinformation, add get ready with me. I'm getting people yelling at me. Yeah. Like people yelling at someone else in a car. And then I feel like they're yelling at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I should write my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but I'm I like, how many, maybe there won't be a yelling person in the next one. Are they <laughs> yelling, hey, you, write that fucking show? Yeah. Uh, yeah, strange, but I'm like, that's not related to me. That's not for me. No, that's not for me. Couldn't possibly be. Anyway, sorry, Beck, we Imagine derailed the algorithm. 
being that specific. So he's not a colonel yet. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> but he's now a deckhand in Memphis, is that right? Yes, but not for long because he uh, did a bunch of cocaine. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and zipped <laughs> straight to Alabama. No, he was hopping freight trains. So he was like just jumping on freight trains for the summer, just like traveling around, seeing the sights. With a knapsack sort of on his yeah, back? Yeah, that's the oh, vibe. Sick. Uh, and that led him to Sheffield, Alabama. Uh, where his Mr. uncle, Mr. Sheffield, Alabama. <laughs> That's where he gets his name. I did not know not that. Not a lot of people know that. Wow, and he's English. Yeah. The nanny is such a complex. It has some complex lore I didn't know about. She's the like the head of the acting thing now. Fran Dresser. What do you mean? <laughs> We just got back on topic and now you've said Fran's the head of the acting thing now. So, of course, we have to explore that. What do you mean? Well, she was just in the news because there's like um, the guy from Cheers is saying, let's stop the all the COVID testing and stuff on site. And she's the head of the acting guild or whatever. And she's, she agrees. Turn out Woody. Woody. Harrelson. Harrelson. It's no surprise. What? And then the, and the guy from uh, Tim from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Tim Robbins. Robbins. He was like, Robbins, yeah, Robinson. I agree. Robbins. And then Robbins. Fran Drescher's like, yeah, and I also agree. So right, and she's like the president of like the Screen Actors Guild or something yes, like that. Yes, something like that. So he's train hopping <laughs> and he's ended up in Sheffield. <laughs> Shut up. Alabama? <laughs> he has. So that was where his Uncle John helped him get a job on the Southern Railroad. Uh, and he was a blacksmith's helper. Uh, from there he was transferred to Jasper, where he says in his autobiography he was given the job of doodling ashes. <laughs> Just Which, keep doodling. Um, keep doodling those ashes. It was a fun expression, but a bad job where you shake ashes out of a firebox. Um, but that put him in the right place in the right time because when a fireman didn't show up, and the firemen are the ones that, you know, throw the coal into the steam train and make it go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Sanders was like, hey, I'm here. Can I do it? And he offered to take his place on a trial run, and then that became a regular job. He was a fireman. A fireman on the train. Wow. Uh, but because he was only 16, his mother had to sign for him to work. Fireboy. We're still at 16. This story goes, I got real deep in the early life. Yeah, mm. wow. Uh, his mother had to sign him on to work and then he worked on the railroads for years. He loved it. He spent his time just like enjoying the sights, enjoying the, the vibes. What about the sounds? <laughs> he hated the sounds. How <laughs> dare you speak of the sounds? <laughs> no, he loved it all. Um, and he spent a lot of his time at the end of the line at Jasper in a local theatre. Uh, and at one session of the pictures, he happened to meet a young woman called Josephine King. Of Burger King, no. <laughs> imagine, imagine, though. Uh, Sanders says in his autobiography that she was right pretty, and after only a few weeks when he recognised that they were both looking forward to seeing each other, every time his train rolled in, he asked her to marry him. A few weeks later. Wow, Just a few in. weeks. I love how they, they didn't used to date. Yeah. That's no. the same as going, do you want to go for dinner? Yeah. Is do you want to get married? Do you want to go for a wedding? I've got a suit. Do you want to go yeah. for dinner forever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're very picky now, aren't we? Mm. We really like yeah, we take just, our time. Shut up and marry. We wait to like get to know people. We make yeah. sure they're not a murderer. I and- think it's a it's just a fashion cycle thing. It'll go yeah. back to that. Yeah, God, I hope so. Hope it's soon. So Josephine I'm looking for a bow. <laughs> <laughs> Someone to pester you. <laughs> Oh, how about now? <laughs> well, I feel like maybe this will be a bad story for you and new plans. So Josephine King and Han Sanders got married in Jasper in 1909 and they moved into a place 80 miles from where his train stopped. 
Uh, unfortunately, just as his love life was kinging off, his work life on the trains was in trouble. No! After joining his union, he helped a man who was wrongly fired get his job back and get a year of back pay. That would be great. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be great? A year Fran of back Drush pay. Fran is actually the head of that union. <laughs> I would have loved if the nanny was on the railroads in yeah. the same outfits. Yeah. Yes. That would have been sick. Gosh, she would have dressed up in a cute sort of, try and drive a hat yeah. off to the side. Yes. The sequins. Oh, little mini skirt. Yeah. That would have been great. Cece comes in. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, I've got that fun memories the of the show as well. Yes. <laughs> Fuck off, Cece. <laughs> That's that was the subtext. That yeah. was the subtext. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't say fuck off, but that was, yes. that was he felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every time he threatened to poison her food or something, <laughs> that was super It was much off. worse than saying fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was basically a marked man after that. His bosses did not like him. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, a few weeks later, he felt nauseous during a shift and another fireman took his place and he was caught by the train master crawling out of the baggage coach after having a lie down. And the train master was not happy. And this is, I don't know if this sentence works. Let's all go on a journey together. Okay. The train master was not happy and in an act of job-based nominative determinism, oh, yeah. the fireman got a new job of being fired. Yeah, no, that, yes. that works and I <laughs> no, love no, no, it. No, I don't no, know. That works. Uh, no, that That's fantastic. No, and that's straight off the KFC website? <laughs> yeah, straight off the KFC website. <laughs> nah, that is yeah. just comedy writer Ben <laughs> Petratus right there. That is. And then, writer um, for Mad as Hell, yes. the project. Yeah. Oh, boy. What can't she do? <sighs> Not eat chicken while I'm writing this. <laughs> he was fired for insubordination and he ended up getting work as a section hand, which was a lot less money. Like, so much less. Went from $7 a day to 70 cents. Ooh, oh, my gosh. No good. That's quite a drop. Yeah. So he's, he's used to that $7 a day kind of mm. living. Yeah. So you know, the jacuzzi, remember the he was fine a- dining. <laughs> and he was earning $2 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And seven he got up day. to 7 a day. Yeah. Oh. He would have, yeah, he would probably drive a jacuzzi car home. Yeah, probably. And, and now, then a different one on the way to work. You know, he would have had a different jacuzzi car each day of the week. Oh, big wet car, that's yeah. the dream. Mm-hmm. I dream of one chug day. a big wet car. <laughs> Making my fortune <laughs> sloshing around town. <laughs> sloshing around town. <laughs> there he goes. Yeah, you take water everywhere. Two uh, quicker turn and, the, and you empty the jacuzzi. <laughs> Oh, just yeah. spraying on, you know, poor people. Yeah. Not call, you know how they call it? They used to call it new money. They used to call him wet money. Oh, there he goes, wet money. Uh, so from there he managed to find another fireman job, uh, but the new line he was on took him far away from home. His wife, Josephine, who's described in the Colonel biography as a quiet, moody woman, which really does not surprise me the next sentence was, from the beginning their marriage was often strained. Because she was so quiet and so they moody. They didn't know her. each other. Yeah. Come on, they'd met. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough back then, really, wasn't it? Yeah, they were looking forward yeah. to seeing each other once. Yeah, yeah, that is actually really romantic. He'd never looked forward to seeing anyone before. <laughs> What's this strange feeling I've got right now? <laughs> I don't hate someone. Huh. huh. So despite never having met, they had their first child, <laughs> Margaret, not long into the marriage in 1910. So weird to have a child called Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't but know. It's a, it's a people call Maggie. Maggie? Yeah. yeah, but no children. They're uh, all adults. Oh, yeah, Maggie's a yeah. Margaret. <gasps> oh, my God. Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield Mr. had a Sheffield, Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. To me, Margaret sounds like an Mar- older lady's name. Yeah, Margaret. Margaret. Mr. Sheffield was Yeah, that? Maggie. Oh, my God. This has turned Maggie my world upside Simpson. down. 
Marge oh. Simpson. Holy shit. It goes all the way to the top. To Marge. <laughs> to Marge. But, I mean, they were all born a long time ago. Okay. Even so Maggie. were you. <gasps> Can you think of, like, a baby Matthew? No, I also would say that's an old exactly, person's Exactly, because you were old. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And? That would be the same for, I could imagine, young Bex. Nah, there's no, no Bex. No, but Rebecca. Young no Rebecca's? Rebecca's. Maybe not. No young Jessica's. Dave's out for the moment, I think. I'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all it's a cycle. It's all round. cyclical. Yeah. I want Harlan to come back. Yeah, Harlan's sick. I would love it. I like Clarence. Wilbur. I like Wilbur. I'm going to name my Wilbur. first Willie, child so after good. all four of us. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Go on. What's the name? Jessica. Or merge into one? No. Oh. Oh. Jessica, David, Rebecca, Matthew. <laughs> oh, in order of- Like a password <laughs> from <laughs> my favourites. One of your favourites. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. <laughs> Damn it. And, um, and I don't like myself very much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's downhill from there. Oh, so they had the first child, Margaret, and then Harlan Jr. in 1912. Um, and Harlan Sr., who was at that point 22, was away and writing letters home. Uh, when his letters weren't being returned, he began to grow suspicious. And it was then that he got a letter from his brother-in-law saying that Josephine had moved back home with her parents. Took the kids. Took the kids. Home. Wait, what? She moved out of her home by herself? Yeah, because she was like, well, you're not around. I'm getting out of here. Um, And the brother-in-law said she had no business marrying a no good fellow like you who can't hold a job. Imagine getting that. work. (laughs) Yeah. What a letter to receive. Mm. Uh, So he rushed back home. That's a bit of a dick brother-in-law to be honest. Was that dick? No. 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 Okay. Because that would have made sense. That would have been great, yeah. Um, It could have been dick. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, it might have been. Yeah, it didn't say his name. Oh, He's one of the deep. few that didn't say his name. Um, Sanders rushed back home to find that Josephine and the kids had indeed left and his wife had distributed their furniture among the neighbours. Uh, so it was from there in his autobiography. Now, this is this is where I feel like you 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 may go Turn like, oh, him. a little bit. He just really plainly says... He thought up a plan to kidnap his children back. Okay. So I feel like that's like he's really matter of fact about I don't it. Really understand why she's she's left. So she was alone and he was away and so he just, did get fired and was in fights. So at just work go a back lot. to your parents' place, sure, whatever. Yeah. Why are you fucking off all the furniture? That's just petty. It that's is petty. mean. Isn't that's it? true. Because now he's got nowhere to sleep. Yeah, if she was. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense unless like. He left her in a big financial hole and she had to sell it to make ends meet. Yeah. Then that could have been, like I said, this is all from yeah, it's all his own words, so it's yeah. his perspective. Yeah, his positive spin is that he wanted yes. to kidnap his children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was he really doing? I want my kids back so I can leave them at home alone while I'm gone for long times at work. Very strange behaviour. And he had a terrible plan. Um, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't have used the word kidnap, I think. Yeah, he said it a lot. And he I want to reunite with my kids or something. That's good. Yeah. That's a good dad. <laughs> oh, you got to spin it. Yeah. Do you know what? It does show, like, he was very, I think it's clear from this, into working, into capitalism, into stuff. Yeah. Right. So I think the furniture. idea that, yeah. That's he what was really saying annoyed about the furniture. <laughs> it wasn't the kids going missing. It kind of, yeah. I, I mean, it, it kind of gets a bit sadder from here. So, But it also sounds like he, his first instinct wasn't, I'm going to make this right. No, it definitely wasn't. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this family no. back together. The first thing was, I'm going to steal them kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it right and abduct these kids. Yeah, I think you get a picture from all the KFC ads that maybe he was a bit jovial, but I think maybe <laughs> he was a bit of a butthole. He loves cricket, wearing a bucket on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he was being a cartoon. <laughs> so he had a terrible plan of lying in the woods outside Josephine's parents' house 
Um, and at one point a dog came by growling and circling around him suspicious, which good dog, good instinct. Uh, and then Sanders gave up and instead went to talk things out with Josephine. There we go, communication. So that's good. But it didn't seem to be going anywhere. So when Harlan went to leave and he said he was going to go to a new railroad job, Josephine insisted that he stay with her. I've just realised her surname was King, right? Yeah. Josephine King, that's joking. <laughs> Can you believe these names in this story? Wow. Maybe this was all a prank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, when I left, I, I, I'm, I was joking. Yeah. And then I said, <laughs> April <laughs> Fools. <laughs> it feels like he's like cars associate his whole story. He's just go, mm. making up his names as, as he's telling his auto. His biographer, probably not his, he would be his autobiographer. <laughs> it but. did sound like he did write the book because it was a lot of, it sounded like his voice. Right. But, um, but there is a biographer who wrote another book, The Colonel, which I've referred to. I refer to these two books a lot. And in The Colonel, there is a lot more like actual, he kind of was a bit of a butt. Okay. Like a lot of yeah. the chapters end in him going, and then he did this thing and it's like, uh-oh, but that's not good. It sounds like what's happened here though is he went back, his big plan was to lie in the forest outside. Yeah. And then that didn't work. He went back to the house and she said, all right, I'll take you back. It essentially was that. <laughs> oh and, and the really sad thing about Josephine is that they were together for a long time, but in his autobiography, their relationship lasts only a further three sentences. Yeah. So Sanders says, so I did stay with her for 39 years, but her leaving me just because I lost a job had a cut in effect when our love was young and tender. I guess I never really got over it. So after our children were raised and we had grandchildren, we were divorced. Why? No. Yeah. I just Why waited, go back there? I waited a mean 39 years yeah, and then I cut the cord. I left her. Well, I, I, here's a little section that is, you know. I treated her bad for 39 years. Well, I think this is important to talk about. Not very comedy podcast good, but it's probably worth noting that Sanders, was, I don't, he wasn't a feminist ally. What? You'd never believe it. He wasn't. Um, well, Beck, you might not know this, but I am. I've heard I am a feminist. A uh, Dave's the opposite of that. And we sort of yin and yang it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that part is not true. I'm indifferent. <laughs> so I don't know about them. I don't trust them. Mm. They can, but I think give them their own bank better. card or something. You, you give them a go. <laughs> yeah, give them a go. They but can do what they want. Just not, not near me. Just keep it down. Jess, I just find them a bit shrill. Jess, yeah, okay, Jess. Mm. But I think that women should have their own say. Yeah, but that's what Jess, I'm trying to say. I'm trying. Oh, I cannot believe this. That's uh, This is me talking for women, Jess. Okay. So, in a Slate article by Adam Chandler, there's evidence to suggest Colonel Sanders was a bit of a dog. Uh, a biographer, Josh Orzerski, wrote that Josephine did not maintain an intimate relationship with Harland. Um, well, I mean, no. if she's not fucking him. Then what's the point? Well, that was it. Know what I mean? And Sanders apparently had a passionate and hot-blooded nature, which Yuck. is a terrible sentence to read, and then he found his pleasures elsewhere. His okay. own daughter Margaret said in her biography that her father's expectations for intimacy with her mother seemed excessive. Why the fuck? Why did she Just, know? Why did she know that? I know. Yeah. And then in the Colonel biography, an anonymous woman at the US Chamber of Commerce says she had to beat his hands off her every time she visited. So it doesn't paint a great picture. Yeah. So he's a big Sanders old pervy dog. He was. He, beat her hands yeah. off. Jesus. Yeah, just going like, get off. It's gross. He was a bit. He was a grunt. Yuck. Yeah. Just yeah. For your kid to be like, Dad was a freaking horn dog, and Mum was like, I'm trying to cook dinner. That's what he <laughs> was yeah. like in front of the kids. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you still haven't said any the the thing that people used to say at high school. <laughs> okay. I feel like I know what it is, and I don't think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
Starts with K. Yeah, it's not true. Middle letter's K. Yeah. <laughs> Final uh, letter? Third letter is also K. Yeah, that wasn't true. I think it's just because it yeah. was like KFC. Yes. So there was rumours that um, KFC used to send a bunch of money yeah, to the KKK. Was, but a, yeah. yeah. Uh, from what I've read, it wasn't. Maybe was case. that just a southeastern suburbs uh, rumour going around our <laughs> no, schools? No, it's, it's on Snipe. Like it's a right, whole big okay. rumour that went around. So wow. yeah, no, apparently not tr- true. But, well, you know. Glad to hear it. Yes. Uh, so it was a bit of revenge for Josephine. He's bad in other ways. Yeah. I'm going to zip through the next few years of his life because it really focuses on his career and he just had terrible behaviour that had him bouncing from industry to industry. Mm. So his time on the railroad ended not unlike his time painting carts when he was 12, except this time he was nearly 25 when he got into a fist fight with an engineer under a bridge and he, was, he got fired. Why did the engineer owe him five cents? <laughs> the, it, I think it was a dispute over... Something in particular, but the, they, the biographer, uh, John Ed Pierce, said that he just had a temper and he, ha- he couldn't control it. He had self-confidence, brashness, defensiveness, feelings of inferiority, and they all just clashed. Mm. What a beautiful combination. A wonderful, <laughs> like a delicious, you could put that on a chicken. <laughs> this got him into trouble frequently and it did at his next career turn as a lawyer, you know. Sure. Where you'd expect him to end up. Yep. Right. It's a fancy law talking Your kind Honor. of guy. <laughs> that kind of vibe. That kind of vibe. So he studied by correspondence <laughs> on the railroads, and at that point pretty much anyone could appear in court and you could just find clients. And it went okay for a while until he got into an argument over money with a client. The client wanted the damages that he won. Sanders wanted his fee. And instead of uh, talking this out like in an episode of Law and Order, they instead got into a fist fight like an episode of WWE. <laughs> and even though that's already pretty bad, the fight didn't happen in like a private office. It happened in the courtroom. Perfect. Surrounded by court officers and a justice of the peace. Not doing a good job. And Sanders said he grabbed a chair and was about to come down on him when four or five deputy sheriffs grabbed him. Wow, good. that's very WWE. Yeah. He, he gave him the, the chair. <laughs> he was arrested and he got charged with assault and battery, uh, but he beat the charges. But strangely enough, he beat them up. But it destroyed his law career. You'd never believe it. Oh, you could never be a fancy law talking guy. He couldn't be a law. I'm, am I, what am I picturing? Where was it? Futurama? There was a, an actual rooster that was dressed up and like that Colonel looks Sanders. Like him. Yeah. yeah. I'm not one of them fancy big city lawyers. I wonder if that was a reference yeah. to him being a bit lawyer chicken. for a bit. Yeah, I, I never got it. But I can't quite place that where it was. Is Probably Futurama. I think it was Futurama. Hmm. Um, I, I, I get a lot of those jokes way later. I laugh at the time, so I don't look <laughs> foolish. Futurama. Yeah. Right. Yep. Hyper chicken. I mean, it was funny anyway. That's an extra layer. It's nice to see a chicken practicing. An extra layer of crispy oh my God, skin. Was a chicken. Oh my god! Oh my I'm so god! Uh, so what are you thinking of? That does look like. Yeah, but is that a chicken? But that is definitely his. It's yeah. his kind of suit. Like a yeah, it's called yeah. hyper chicken. So I think so. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he talked in like a Kentucky sort of yeah. accent. It's like an alien chicken. Um, if you know if this is related at all to Colonel Sanders, and it right doesn't, doesn't look like it is. It is but it modelled on Jimmy Stewart's Academy Award-nominated portrayal of, of lawyer Paul Beegler in Anatomy of Murder. I should have known that. Mm. That's a few like sort yeah. of famous Southern-type lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like To Kill a Mockingbird and yeah. John Grisham novels yeah. and stuff what, like that. What about uh, Michael McConaughey in uh, was it Mississippi Burning? What was he in? Matthew McConaughey? Yes. And then his brother Michael, and then then Samuel L. Jackson's yes. in, and he says, "Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell." Yeah, yeah. What, what movie was that? Yeah, 
It's a movie. Sounds like a good one. It was a great movie. Great movie. Very impactful movie. Yeah, we watched it in school. I'm going to try and zip through this because there's so much that he did. So he, Sorry, Beck. Yeah. We were talking about some bullshit there. <laughs> <laughs> if you wouldn't mind not interrupting. I'm so sorry. I'm so you're, sorry. You're a guest on our podcast. Do go on. No, please. <laughs> no, please, Beck, please, please. Go you on. do go on. You said that. I said the thing. I was so excited. <laughs> so he worked as a section hand in the railways, but then he got into the life insurance Oh, this feels good. He became a salesman. And John M. Pierce, his biographer, said that he was not only a natural salesman but a persistent one, Um, which I feel like you can get from his overall vibe so far. (laughs) Yeah. He probably would be good at selling you stuff. Yeah, just come on, please. Wild how many jobs he's had, though. Totally different careers. Well, well, guess what? He lost that job after he got into an argument over money at work and was fired. (laughs) Oh, my God. But he got another insurance job, so he actually didn't zip too far away. A little bit of a pattern forming here. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. But he grew tired of working in the insurance agency. Sure. Um, So that's when he took the next natural career step on his path and became a ferry boat company (laughs) owner. That was a long pause. Mm. I'm like, that is quite a change. Yeah. I could become a fairy boat. Get on my back. Come on. Let's do this. I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'm much cheaper than the real boat. Honestly. You will get that. Just his feet real yeah. quick. So he, so he was a fairy. Fairy boat company owner. Owner. Yes. Was he a ferryman? Sure. Don't pay the ferryman. That would have got him in a lot of fights. Oh, my God. He loved Christopher. Christopher. <laughs> Uh, so his company was made to rival an existing ferry called the Old Asthma, which I just like the name of that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and according to Sanders, it wheezed like she had asthma. <laughs> I don't um, th- are you trusting that boat? I would trust. I mean, I, I was going to say I love asthma. I don't love asthma. <laughs> you have asthma. I have asthma. I'm on team asthma. But you know what? It's, pr- it's a good t- time. Yeah. You I get, trust you. You get great mm, um, steroid drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Beckettard, is that still in? Oh, you would have loved Beckettard. Is that your full name? <laughs> Rebecca Todd. <laughs> Rebecca Todd. <laughs> that is my full name, yeah. Oh, okay. I was named after the <laughs> asthma disease I have. <laughs> um, my name is Eczema. <laughs> Bit of name for a boy or girl. That would actually be lovely. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful name. Speaking of names, he dropped a lot of money uh, making his own ferry and he was going to name it after his daughter Mildred. Wouldn't that have been nice? Uh, but instead... Uh, to help sell the stock in the company, he named it after a local funeral director, Froman M. Coots. That's a nice boat. <laughs> There's pictures of the boat and it just says Froman M. Coots That's on the nice. side. So he's just gone to the and going, I need some cash to buy this thing. If you give me some money, I'll name it after you. Yeah. It's like, That's like free advertising. He was a prominent like, businessman. Like People were like, oh, Froman, Fro- he's a cool guy. a campaign, you can name the boat. Oh my if you God, give him a certain amount is. of money. That is pretty close to boating McBoatface. <laughs> From, From an M. And unlike his other ventures, this did not end in a fist fight. Instead, it was a success. The ferry went really well. Right. Uh, he was entering his early 30s and he was starting to feel like a businessman. He got asked to join the Rotary Club. Um, and he was like, Do you know what? I'm going to take a job in Columbus as a secretary of the Chamber of Commerce. But after a year, he admitted he didn't make a very good secretary. And um, bucking his career trend of fistfights or firings, he just quit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's growth. Mm. It is yeah. growth. You know, he's not fighting his way out of there. Yeah. He's just acknowledging maybe it's not to his strengths. That's nice. That is nice. I'm proud of Colonel. <laughs> I'm proud of Colonel. <laughs> I'm proud of Colonel. <laughs> I'm proud. Uh, so where does a ferry boat company owner turned executive secretary turn next? Mm. To manufacturing and selling lamps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all know that. That makes it's sense. It's a logical step. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were like, 
as I, I I did look up how to say this, and now I've forgotten. Acetylene, acetylene. It's a lamp that used to like be on the like miners' helmets, like oh, one of those sorts of lamps. Cool. Um, but unfortunately, what was happening at the time, rather than um, uh, people going for these, people were going for electricity. <laughs> So, uh-huh. so that mm. this did not work. Electricity came along. Right. So instead of eating your dinner with a torch in your head, you've now got lights. In your <laughs> yeah, house. you now have lights in your house. So he's yeah. timed that pretty poorly. He timed it so poorly. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, Sanders made another logical career turn to working for the Michelin Tire Company. Oh, yes. Fantastic. He was the original Michelin man in Winchester, Kentucky, though. So what? He's moving in the right direction. The right direction. Oh. As far as I can tell. The, sort of, oh, he's still got a while to go. And it was here where Sanders in his autobiography casually says the sentence, now about that bridge falling out from under me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I dropped now, that in casually. Now about yeah. that. Now about that. What does that mean? He, <laughs> his car one day, he was towing his son and they were going over a bridge. Was his son in another car? His car was, in, yeah, at the back. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. he was dragging his son along the ground. <laughs> On a rope. <laughs> Teach you a lesson. <laughs> Uh, his son just needed to go somewhere, so I'm just pulling him along on the road. He's on a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the bridge just fell out from under him. This rickety what? bridge fell out from under him. He landed, it says it landed like front forward in some water in a creek, um, and he managed to crawl out. Um, he refused to see the doctor in a classic dad accident fashion. Uh-huh. Um, his son didn't get hurt at all. He just hurt his thumb. So he did get hurt. Uh, yes, he described the incident in his autobiography <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> He didn't get hurt I at all. I think he meant the Colonel got hurt, but no, he he was injured. He was injured. They were both yeah. injured. Yeah. His son with a very sore thumb. Terribly sore thumb. Oh. And, and when you think about it, like you hurt your thumb, there's mm. a lot of stuff you can't do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hail a cab. Try it. Yeah, oh. can't hail a cab. Can't give somebody a thumbs up. Oh, thumb war. Yeah. Can't thumb oh, war. No. Mm. Can't thumb your nose at someone. Yeah. Mm, that's so sad. You know, the authorities. You, yeah. Do you know? So... Or the man, if he's around. Yep. And I do. I I thumb my nose at the man. You do. Can't yeah. put your thumb in a pie. Can't do that. No. Like thumb, that guy. Thumb through the yellow pages. Yeah. Can't thumb through that. So you know, Beck. I just I'm just feeling like you were being a little too casual mm. there about the son's injuries. But, That's true, actually. Um, I never realised how important thumbs are. You can't measure how big Thumbelina is. That's right. Yep. <laughs> So, I'm running out. Here. Now the <laughs> list does go on. I genuinely have been trying to think of one as you've been talking, so don't worry. I was like, I don't know. What I got thumbs. nothing. I can't think of what thumbs do. <laughs> I'm holding things with my thumbs. Well, currently. at first Could I was like, I don't think I'd be able to tie up my hair, but if I still had four other fingers, I reckon I'd find a way. Mm. You know, yeah. you just adapt. So yeah. it wouldn't be as comfortable. But if you didn't know any different. Mm. I fine. slam my thumb into stuff a lot. I think I anymore. would be a lot. Oh more- no, you could still do that. Yeah, <laughs> it still exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be more aerodynamic without my thumbs. You're going to be, laugh it would be better without a thumb. Yeah, if I was just like going around like swiping at things with four fingers. Yeah. All right. Do you want to see? <laughs> Shall we cut one off? Dave Let's always carries a meat cleaver. Absolutely. <laughs> Chop yeah. me up, Dave. Only take a, only take a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I would know how terrible the thumb injury was. That would teach me That's a lesson, right. actually. Well, we've edited out Beck's screams and now we're <laughs> back. She is thumbless. Beck, please do go on. <laughs> Living my best life. <laughs> uh, so he described the incident in his autobiography saying, the blood was gushing down over my face. This is get. I don't know if you want this in, but he could feel this loose hunk of scalp flopping around. Ugh. So I picked it up, squeezed it down on top of my head and held it there. Hmm. 
So thank God he didn't call the doctor. That would be stupid. He didn't call the doctor. He didn't call the doctor. Right. And um, just a bit well, of his head just, missing. And that yeah. he put it back on and though. That's when he just thought chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he just put it back there like a like replacing yeah. a divot on the golf course. Yeah. You know, just hoping that it grows back. But those don't grow back. No. Up, that's just like dead little bits of ground. It's his hair was pretty good. Like, he had red hair. I feel like a lot of people think wow. he had I thought he must hair, have he because of hair. the temperament he had. <laughs> Whenever oh, I talk goodness. about people being there, I'm like, oh, I bet he's a redhead. <laughs> you, you don't know what we're like. My sister dyed her hair uh, red recently and I'm, I'm, we were all joking. Oh, you're going to be fiery now. Because me and my brother have red hair and she's joined us. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> was there a transformation? <laughs> you know, I've got a, fi- a famously fiery uh, way of life. Yeah. Do not cross this man. <laughs> the way you just laughed was like this little like, I'm so fiery. Honestly, don't cross me. Oh, no. If you owe me five cents, you better pay the piper. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll see you under that bridge. Are you the piper as well? I'm also the piper. And oh, the wow. ferryman? I am the ferryman. And a troll under a bridge? Yes. And a redhead? Uh-huh. God. You hmm. Colonel Sanders, look at all the jobs you got. <laughs> yeah. And Christa Berg? I am Christa Berg. Which is Chris the Berg in French <laughs> or German or whatever that language is. Or is it just someone going, duh? <laughs> but they're saying that in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so he lost, uh, unfortunately, he lost his job with Michelin because he didn't have a car. He couldn't drive. He caught the bus at one for his last sort of job and went 75 miles apparently to sell a bunch of tyres um, so that he ended with a good sale and he ended his employment. Interesting, but he doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have a car, so it doesn't really sound like he'd believe in his product. No. When you say that, am I going to buy car tyres off a man who doesn't even drive? Hang on, wait a second. But he caught the bus. Think of how many tyres oh, that is. That, That's the, a lot yeah, of tyres. the wheels on the bus uh, have tyres that go around. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Yep. I learned that on The Simpsons as can well. Can we check that on Snopes? Yeah, I better check that. I think that's a conspiracy. I don't know. So with no job, no car, and a body still aching from an accident, Sanders says he hitchhiked to Louisville to look for work, finding nothing. But on his way back hitchhiking, he was about to meet someone who would set him on a path that would one day lead to crispy chicken. Wow. Chicken. He meets a chicken. But the chicken it, that crossed the road. Uh, the chicken crossed the road and he was like, Get back here. What are you doing? Is he Why the are you one? Doing that? You look delicious. Is he the one with the thumb in- injury? How's he hitchhiking? No, no, no. His son oh, had the thumb injury. He had to no. leave his son behind. Yeah, his whole body. He said he had black eyes and he was still trying to sell tyres. Wow. And his yeah. scalp was flapping off. <laughs> yeah. Crikey. It's a bit much. But you could sort of signal people, maybe if his thumb was sore. Because yes. it might have been sore. He didn't say. He could right. sort of flap it, the scalp. Oh, sort yeah. of dip his lid. Yeah. <laughs> Melody. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting group of That's people. That's your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, according to his autobiography, a big Cadillac stopped and picked him up, <laughs> and inside was the division manager of the Standard Oil Company of Kentucky. And it was on this trip back home that the manager, Mr. Gardner, asked Sanders if he could possibly operate a service station. Sanders replied and said, I can do anything anybody else can do. I've had 50,000 <laughs> jobs. I've had 50,000 jobs. I've punched everyone in the <laughs> face. <laughs> I've failed or quit all of them. I can do anything. <laughs> Once, and then I will fail. But anyway, it's funny. The KFC website did have a video. There was like a PR video that was like, he's so full of failure. Look at him fail. Anyway, chicken, <laughs> which I really liked. So a week later, Sanders was running a service station 
in Nicholasville, Kentucky. He went straight away. Zoom. Wow. And things were tough to start out, but then they were pretty good for a while. The business was going well. The kids and Josephine liked the town. And Sanders had also opened a parking garage close by. Now, according to biographer John Ed Pierce, the service station became a place people would come by just to chat to him, and he would always try to do something a bit extra, like wipe over their windshields. Like he was trying to make it a service station. He really wanted it to be a good a good experience for the customer. Um, but, of course, Sanders hadn't changed. He once got in an argument with someone who called his parking garage that he added on to his businesses a pig pen, which ended in an inevitable fistfight. And in the code of biography, it's written about so flippantly, it goes... Quote, Harlan grabbed a piece of concrete and hit the other man with it, breaking his leg. Whoa. Jeez. That didn't build goodwill. <laughs> but in all, they were good years. End quote. <laughs> like, they okay. just went, anyway, he broke a guy's leg. With a piece of concrete. With a piece of concrete. They were the good old days. Mm. And they didn't keep rolling forever, unfortunately. Yeah, wow. It was 1929. Couldn't get away with that now, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you could. I could see you out on the street slamming into people with a bit of concrete. Well, that's just that's me and my people. That's what we do. Yeah. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was 1929. Sanders was nearly 40 years old and the Roaring Twenties officially ended and the US stock market crashed, taking Sanders' service station business with it. He was on the verge of going broke and looking for work again in the middle of the Great Depression. Well, his wife's going to be unhappy. Yes. He hates it when he loses a job. She's so quiet and moody. (laughs) (laughs) So as he had done many times before, he made the very logical next career step. Here we go. To working in a service station again. Oh. Oh, That makes sense. Moving sideways. He actually went, oh, do you know what? I'm going to keep with this. Yeah. He's, he noticed that people always had to put petrol in their cars. <laughs> I've been noticing a little bit. So the business wasn't an issue. So it was the location, he thought. Um, so he got an offer from the Shell Oil Company. It was um, the last location in the middle of a desert, nowhere near a road. It kind of was right. in the middle of nowhere. They, yep. they sent him there to try and fix it. And he did. He turned it around. So he got a reputation with the Shell Oil Company and they were like, hey, man. He's the fixer. Come fix up this one, which I think is interesting considering it closed down. I don't know if this part's true. This part sounds like, did you get an offer or did you just get another job and that's Mm. okay too, Harland Sanders? Just be honest with us. Yeah, Yeah. that's all Just tell us the truth. (laughs) But can you, your resume, this this gap here. (laughs) What's going on here? What's going on here? Where were you? Uh, so that's when he got an offer from the Shell Oil Company in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. He claimed that he had they'd heard about him successfully turning the station around in Nicholasville and that they would build a station in Corbin, Kentucky and not charge him any rent and he oh. could just live there. Okay. Okay, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. I would live in a petrol station. Yeah. <laughs> would you live in? Oh, maybe You'd not You'd love actually. snacks though, Beck. Yeah. So it would be your, one of your dream locations. Mm. If I could eat They're full jerky. of snacks. Just sitting there eating jerky. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Saying, hello, welcome to my service. I wouldn't ever sell the jerky to people. Yeah. I would be sitting there snacking. Mm. That clothes sign would always be up. I'd always be operating in that night mode where you have to go to the little window. <gasps> oh, it's a little box. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You knock on my door. You tell me what you want. Every time I do that, they can never hear what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, can I have an ice cream? They're like, yeah, sure. Uh, if I keep going to the same petrol station, the guy will go to the ice cream cabinet and, like, point at all the ice creams. I'm like, there is a better way to do this. Yeah, yeah. He'll hold up an ice cream from afar. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you signal him, no. No, still, no. See, another reason you need a thumb? Up oh or down? Oh, God. Yeah. I sometimes just go, yeah, I'll have a magnet. <laughs> yeah. I can't deal Whatever. with this. <laughs> 
I've got to stop buying all my food at the petrol station. <laughs> Late at night. <laughs> just wandering You've got around. to move in there, Beck. I did genuinely the other day just go out to get M&Ms from the petrol station. Mm. I don't see anything wrong with that. No, I think that's did fine. you get okay. M&Ms? Yeah. And you went out to get M&Ms because you felt like M&Ms? I did feel like M&Ms. So I think what happened was you wanted something, you went and you got it. Far out. I mean, mm. that's a success story right there. Thank yeah. you, everyone. But if you lived there, you'd be home already. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want for M&M's in my life. <laughs> nah. Help oh, yourself. Fire out. Can um, you just help yourself if you... I think so. It's yeah. a service station. <laughs> Self-service should... station. Especially <gasps> it's your service station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-service station. That sounds creepy. Yeah, the it's way like I said it. Station. It was okay when you said it, Matt, and then I yeah, made Beck, it with you. Yeah, we ruined no, it. I didn't mean you to. Made it, you You're made winking it and tapping your nose. You made it a wank station. Yeah. I didn't like that. No, it's not good. Uh, it's worth noting... That it's here that Colonel Sanders' life begins for KFC, the brand. All the websites mark 1930 as the point, like the first point in the timeline. So okay. it goes like, he left home at 13. And then uh. in 1930, uh. when he was 40 years old, so he he was 40 years old, he'd lived all of these lives. Mm. But this is when his Kentucky Fried lifestyle began to emerge. Okay. Or perhaps it's just where it was like a commercially safe point for the brand to start talking about it. But don't worry, I'm going to wreck it right now. I'm going to wreck it. Uh, So customers started trickling into his service station. Sanders realized that it wasn't just their cars that needed filling up. It was also their Their butts. Their butts. He started selling butt plugs by the side of the road. Fill them up. Fill them up. Get them in there. No, you were going to say their tummies. I was going to say empty bellies. Empty bellies. Uh, The service station had a small room for storage, and after a trip to the hardware store and moving in an old family dining table and six chairs, suddenly Sanders had a small restaurant with a slightly limited capacity. Like it was like, yeah. Six. Six chairs. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was also his own family. So in his autobiography, Sanders says, we'd cook for the five of us and have it ready at 11 o'clock or thereabouts. If we had enough customers to use up the food, well and good. And we'd cook another meal for ourselves. If not, we'd make our meal out of what we'd prepared in the first place. So they made the food anyway. Yeah, right. People rocked up. They gave them food or they made some more. Yep. So- the small roadside eatery had a very varied clientele from truck drivers to doctors and according to biographer John Ed Pierce, Sanders ran the kitchen by himself with help from his daughters and Josephine when they were home and it was a share plate style situation. So he served what Sanders called uh, plain home cooking and on the menu were country ham. Oh, yeah. Gravy. Mm-hmm. That's still there. Pot roast, mashed potatoes. Don't know why I'm doing this. I love it. Vegetables. Yum. Yum. And of course... <gasps> Dessert. Carrot. No. Fried chicken. Ah. Ah. Sounds like a Sunday roast. It sounds really good. Mm. If a, if I stopped at a petrol station and they were like, do you want this Sunday roast? i go, no, please, jerky and M&M's for me. <laughs> Just gravy and a spoon for me, please. <laughs> or a straw. What have you got? Well, apparently it was really good gravy. Like, he, he really focused on it. S- Sanders was a very good cook. Like, he was... Very tuned in to making it really so nice. You, hmm. The name you said was in the kitchen by himself. That was him, was it? What? You said, I thought you said Josephine Pierce oh, was sorry. in there by themselves. That was the biographer. Oh, okay. No, no, no. The biographer was writing about the thing happening. Okay, so No, I I added a lot of um, attributions in this because I was like, this is an essay for oh, yeah, my um, university degree. But, so and what if people think I'm plagiarizing? He, he's the one who did all the cooking, though. Yes, Sanders did all the cooking um, and they helped when they were home. 
But also this is him saying it, so maybe you don't know. But he could cook. He definitely could cook. So soon down the track, Sanders realised some people weren't even stopping for gas. They were coming in for the meal. So in recognising this shift in his business, Sanders changed his sign to say Sanders Cafe and Service Station. Okay. Because I think restaurant was more letters. I'd read that at one point. Yeah. I can't quite remember it. Restaurant was more letters, so he was like cafe. It was cheaper to put cafe. Interesting. You think cafe, you think coffee, or is that just me? The, he did also serve coffee the as coffee, well. Yeah. That's so also, that's, good. that's just your Melbourne sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We see cafe, we think cafe latte. <laughs> <laughs> I see cafe, I'm like... Get me in there. Get Didn't have anything there. to say yeah. just then. Just said some words. Yeah, sometimes talking. you just got to start a sentence. Yeah, zero goes. Like, did it, and I think we went on an adventure. Yeah, it was fun. Speaking of signs, oh, Sanders' service station wasn't on the best stretch of road, and to combat this, he painted a large arrow on a concrete wall that said "North to Lexington," <laughs> and that also happened to lead traffic past his business. That sounded like a Wiley Coyote situation, or it, it does. wasn't. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, but was it actually North to Lexington? I think it was, okay. but this ruffled the feathers of a competitor. <laughs> what? Was that one on? No. Chickens have feathers. Oh, my God. Makes I didn't think, even. Doesn't it? I, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> makes it makes think. me think of all the puns I missed, but I wrote ruffled the feathers. No, no, no. I think you're nailing it. I also I guess I just accidental pun. What did you say? I just do in general, and people are like, oh, oh and I'm like, what? <laughs> he, he pretends. He's actually the pun king. So. No, I know he's the pun king, yeah. <laughs> He's lying to him. Dave's a pun master. And, uh, a master. I've, learned, I've tried to learn everything I can from him. And I'm Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching! You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. (laughs) Uh, So because this arrow uh, diverted the traffic to his station, it diverted away from his rival's own service station. 
And then according to his biographer, the man in charge of the service station wasn't a man to be messed with. It's oh. so funny that an arrow worked. Yes. Yeah. It was like, well, we well, better well, follow that arrow. Go, go this- I mean, it would work for me. <laughs> yeah. Every time they put those, like, oh, like the big truck with the arrow on the back that goes on, like, East Link and yeah. City Link, I'm like, where are we? Oh, we're going this way? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mr. Truck. All of a sudden, you're up at the Murray River going, <laughs> How did that happen? I'm trying to back truck arrow. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the man proved that he wasn't to be messed with by painting over Sanders' sign. Oh, wow. But Sanders, not to be trifled with, painted back over it. Whoa. And then he paid a visit to his competitor. <gasps> and both of the men alleged that they were threatened in the process. And I think that definitely happened. I think they <laughs> yeah. both, they're like, no, you threatened me. And then, no, you threatened me. I think that. Yeah, go on. Threaten me again. I dare you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a threat off. So it all came to a head in May 1931 when Sanders got word his sign was being painted over again. You son of a bitch, is what he said. He did. Well, actually, he might have. Just So Sanders swore a lot. This is something I haven't brought up. He was like a sailor. He cursed so much. So that effort originally stood for something else. (laughs) Yeah. Fisting. (laughs) That's what he always does. He's always fisting. I will punch him using his fist. Yeah, Kentucky fisting chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when you say it like that, it sounds (laughs) like it's not what I intended it to sound like. Oh, boy. (laughs) But it kind of, yeah, fits more. Uh, Sanders, alongside a visiting Shell Oil District Manager, Robert Gibson, and a Shell Supervisor, H.G. Shelburne, they were just standing around one day and someone ran up and they were like, hey, your sign's getting painted over. So they all got out in the car to go confront his rival. And according to the Colonel biography, they caught the competitor in the midst of painting with Sanders saying he yelled, well, you yellow dog. He definitely didn't. Nah. He said so- he said something real bad like, hey, you. Oh, my God. What's it going to be? I was going to do Whoa. one that wasn't that. But then, wow. That's okay. too much, actually. That that's, will be bleak. That's just God. joking. God. I was joking. Oh it was a joke. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Can I get another take on it? Well, I mean, I guess. Can we trust you? Yeah. I'm going to do a real. It's going to be a clean one this All time. All right, okay. here we go. Hey, you. Oh, God. I said oh, it again. I don't know why. No. I said it twice. I don't know. The problem is if we bleep it, it could sound like it was. It's even worse. <laughs> I don't think it gets much worse than what she said. Yeah. Wow. That was horrendous. That's what the C stands for. <laughs> okay. What a mess of a is company name. Still that's fisting or I think it is. Sorry. It's off the rails. It's off the rails. Yeah. Hey, the K is kissing. It's not better. <laughs> no, no. Mm, I don't know. People's yum. True. Mm. True. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to KFC. Anyway, please, potty mouth, do go mm. on. I hope the, that'll all be bleeped That'll out. all yeah. be bleeped. Just bleep me for the next mm. 10 minutes. <laughs> so, so do they go and sort out this sign painter? Yes. So they all arrived. Yep. He was painting the sign. He jumped down from the ladder and it was then that someone pulled a gun. What? Uh-oh. Five shots rang out. As Gibson, the district manager, fell. Shelburne fired upon the competitor with his own gun. Sanders said he grabbed Gibson's pistol and ran after the graffiti artist, but Sanders' competitor swears Sanders pulled his own gun out of his own pocket. But the police later concluded simply that everyone was armed. Everyone clearly had a gun. Whoa. Now hiding behind a retaining wall, Sanders' rival suddenly leapt towards the two armed men and in response, Harlan Sanders fired his gun. The fellow petrol station owner fell to the ground and said, Don't shoot Sanders! You've killed me! (laughs) And okay. that man 
who was in a bit of rivalry over a big painted arrow and then shot by Colonel Sanders, well, that was no one other than Matt Stewart. Oh, my God. Matt Matt Stewart. Stewart. Oh, Beck, why have you uncovered me? <laughs> That's some incredible names on this episode, but that one is really staying running from my past. This is a operation. The police are behind the door. Oh, this Matt, is an intervention. Matt, what were you thinking when you said, yeah, mm. don't shoot, you've killed me? Was that to save a bullet? Yes. Well, I, as Beck said before, five shots rang out. And I was counting them. Like, oh, he's got one more, right? Because he's got a six shooter. Right on. You're feeling lucky. So I count him. So I'm saying, don't shoot because I know you've still got a bullet. Right? But then he shot me, and that was I was just trying to stop him from doing that. Mm-hmm. You don't. I mean, I thought it was pretty plain what my strategy was there. I also thought I was dead. What happened was I thought I was dead, <laughs> and I'm like, don't waste a bullet. Because I'm dead. Because I'm yeah. already dead. Save your bullets. Save your bullet for your next victim. But mm-hmm. it turns out I wasn't already dead. I was alive. Is that true, Beck? Was this Matt Stewart alive? Yes. Oh, great. Mm. So, um, yeah. it, Matt, explain this then. We got I it think um, it is, yeah, it, it's probably not going to seem that clever to you, my new identity being the same name, but I'm trying to hide in plain sight. Yeah, I've never ha- Who suspected. would suspect me being Matt Stewart? I never did. Yeah, well, there you go. I thought I knew you, Matt I'm Stewart. I'm still not sure. Until today. Beck, Get you. in here, police! It's a sting oh, operation! Go and get you! We're going to arrest you for being shot? <laughs> I've befriended Matt for what? 15, 15 years? years? Yep. Just to bring you down. Oh my God. You, how dare you do Busted. this to the chicken man? <laughs> how dare you paint that big arrow? You even pretended to be vegetarian when we met. Yeah. Lies. <laughs> Lies, because I loved chicken. You loved chicken all along. Uh, Matt Stewart did not have a great amount of luck after this. Oh. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, I know this. The, the Shell Oil district manager was dead and Matt Stewart was arrested for murder. Oh. The charges against Shell Bernard Sanders were dismissed and Matt Stewart, however, was sentenced to 18 years in prison. He was out on bond just two years later when he was shot and killed by police. Oh, hang on a second. Does that sound fair to you no. that they had no check? Look, it's a gunfight. It's- they came at him. He was just painting a sign. It's all a bit. Surely, if one of them had done something, they'd all done something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you sounded like a real Matt Stewart over there. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to fake my own death after I got out of the big house, <laughs> as we used a to call it. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. That's nice. So Sanders had only just started to take out the competition, though he doesn't do this again. Sorry, that made it sound like he's just like walking around going bang, bang, bang. He goes on a killing spree. Yep. Imagine if that is what happened and they really Mm-mm. buried yeah. all that underneath the cartoon Colonel Sanders. Well, they buried it underneath the bodies. <laughs> With a growing reputation, he took the opportunity to take on the lease of a service station property across the road, and this was previously run by a man called Ansel McVeigh. I yes. think like that one too. Uh, who was, according to Sanders, a nice fellow who had a pet pig at a puddle <laughs> next to the service station for the pig to wallow in. A puddle. He just had a puddle for the pig, and yeah. he would uh, apparently play a mandolin. This service station sounded Haunted. <laughs> wild. <Yeah. laughs> and it, that was a wallow is such a, a negative sounding word for what the pig's doing. But the yeah. pig's having a good time. You can go wallow over there. Yeah. In your puddle. Oh, sometimes it's nice to have a good wallow. I really wallow. thought oh. the two sides of the highway service station slash fast food restaurant was a new th- newish thing. 
you know, like in the last few handful of decades, but it, it's almost the original thing. Yeah. I think it's just trucks. You got to put some um, Get them both stuff ways. in the truck. Yes. <laughs> That's good stuff. Is this pre-McDonald's, Jess? I can't. I mean, I think on. it is. I think it, it is. It <laughs> yeah. is pre-McDonald's. I think it's quite a while pre-McDonald's. I probably. Well, I, I should know. know. I feel like sometimes I should know all of the fast food information. <laughs> yeah. We have done an episode on McDonald's yes, before. Yes, you did it on the founder, right? That feels right. like a real fifties yeah. thing to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Where that was this? years ago. That yeah, I- that was like roller skating and stuff. Yeah. Yep. yep. No roller skates here. Oh. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm no roller skates today. Uh, so he did up the property across the road. He filled in the pig puddle. Oh. I'm sorry, there was no pig puddle. He killed the pig. He killed the pig. He, he was served like, the pig. Country ham. <laughs> Uh, and then that was more space eventually where he opened up a real restaurant with six tables this time and he called it the Sanders Cafe. And now the exact details are a little muddled here from source to source, but by 1937, Sanders not only had a restaurant service station but also had built a 17-room motel complex and he called it Sanders Court. And he eventually <laughs> opened another motel and cafe location in Asheville a few hours away. Huh. Okay. And things were growing so much that Sanders started to hire employees, including his first waitress, Nell Ray. So I don't know if that's a Nell Ray. That's Nell Ray. Good. It sounds like one word almost. Mm. Yeah, it's the two. <sighs> Lana Del Ray. You know. <gasps> yeah, it needs more. Yeah. Nell Ray. No, I don't like it. Sorry, Nell. Blana Nell Ray would have been. Better. Thank you. That's better. <laughs> Blana Nell Ray. Blana. <laughs> Beautiful name. Beautiful for boy name. Or girl. <laughs> the name tag says Blana. Blana. <laughs> Hi, I'm Blana. Can I take your order? <laughs> I'm Blana. I'll be your server for this evening. Blana yes, Blana. <laughs> Blana's working in a bunch of KFCs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so one day Nell Ray was sick and asked if her sister Claudia could take her place. And according to the Colonel biography, Claudia was calm, tough and sensible and was not put off by either the work or by Harlan's famed temper. Okay. So he wasn't or a great person to work for. Hands. Mm. Yeah. Well, Fists. Uh, that may not sound like a particularly romantic first description of a relationship, but Claudia and Sanders would be married a decade later. Oh, wow. Oh, took yeah. his time this time around. Mm. He did. Yeah, it took time to get to know her. Mm. Sort of, except I think there are a lot of, you know, hints that they were d- messing about. Yeah. That, I said that in the weirdest way. Mm-hmm. They were messing about. I put a shoulder wallowing into it. In the puddle, so wallowing in the puddle. Wallowing in the puddle. Um. Poor they, Josephine. Beck, they were fucking. They're, yeah, All okay, right. good point. All right. I'll put the shoulder into it still. They were fucking. They were fucking. Boop, 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 boop. So, oh, here's the thing you all want to know now. <gasps> 1935. Governor Ruby Lafoon. Ruby? <laughs> Ruby Lafoon. Ruby Lafoon. This has been the densest episode <laughs> of Great Names we've ever had, I, know. I think. Ruby Lafoon. Ruby Lafoon. The governor of Kentucky. Wow. That's incredible. Gave Harlan Sanders... The title oh. of Kentucky Colonel. Okay. There we go. Kentucky so Colonel. So it's just like an honorary title. It is an honorary title and it kind of, you know, it's like you're the best in the state, you're an ambassador of the state. Right. Uh, Sanders himself said in his autobiography that he didn't know how LeFoon evaluated his worth to the state, but I suppose it was because of my reputation for good food and service to the community. Wow. He didn't take it too seriously until much later. So he got it. He got it. Early on, really. Yeah. Just a couple was, of restaurants at the time. Yeah. I guess mm. they, you know, you probably have a few spots to fill. Yeah. A few kernels to fill. Yeah. you got a quota of kernels mm. for there a year. There should be kernels. It sounds like it's you sort of the, the equivalent the, of the... Moonbe King and Queen. Yeah. Do you think yeah, yeah. it's yes. similar to that? Yeah. 
You gotta hit the KPIs. The kernels. You try stuff, you know. Yeah. What are kernels in a cob? That one I tried that, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> that sounded like a fever dream. So in nineteen thirty nine a fire ripped through Sanders' court. What? And Sanders almost considered not rebuilding the restaurant at all. But he said he had a revelation and thought to himself, you can sleep a man only once in 24 hours <laughs> and you can feed him three times. Away with words he had. <laughs> so with that, he built a 140-seat restaurant and decided he was all about the food business. And then locked men in there for 24 hours. 24 <laughs> hours and he was yeah, like, okay. take these three meals, eat them, eat the chicken. Like true that um, that's southern hospitality. Like a night at a at a motel is only one night, sure, mm. but it probably costs more than a meal. Yeah, well, yes. you could charge more. Yeah, charge the same as three at, meals, at least three times more. But yeah. I'm not, I mean, I think in the end, this sounds like it worked out. But well, I don't know. I don't yet. know about his logic at the yet. time. Well, I don't know yet either. But <laughs> stop jumping ahead. You don't know what happens. <laughs> you died in this story. Yeah, you're I, dead. I don't even know why you're still talking. You're dead. You're a ghost. I faked it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then Jess Perkins was there, <gasps> and she did nah. <laughs> I stopped the improv. I was like, nah, 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 back to the facts. You blocked yourself. I did. <laughs> no more fun. <laughs> because it was around 1940 that it said that Sanders perfected the 11 Secret Herbs and Spices. Whoa. Wow. So he's 50 years old. Yes. Amazing. And it's hard to verify any story about how the original recipe chicken was conceived because it's, at this point, you know, it's been told so many times. Hmm. But it's been told in different ways. Everyone tells mm. it different. And it's a secret. And it's a secret. So no one knows how it came to be anyway. Yeah. It's hard to tell because all the records of it are like pss, 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 like that. And it's wow. hard to make out what they're saying. Yeah. You've got to get real Salt. close to the record. Pepper. Paprika. What are you doing? It's just three of them. You're destroying KFC. Corbin Kentucky's website says that he made the recipe in his original Corbin kitchen. But of course they would. The Colonel biography says Sanders was introduced to a pressure cooker. Thanks to a local hardware shop that was <laughs> trying to get a sale, and like it, it, the pressure cooker was a big thing because it made it so he could cook it faster and it was crispier. Yeah, because oh. he used to fry it just in a fry pan, um, and it took a long time to get it real crisp. Get a real crisp. It's worth mentioning the rumors that he stole the recipe from a black woman uh, called Miss Childress, but Snopes have found no evidence to support the claim. But they did not believe the theory should be dismissed since it is it is plausible given the times oh, yeah. and evidence of, of plagiarism could have easily been scrubbed. So we don't know for sure, but they rule the theory as unproven. So it's not that it's – yeah, they just don't know. They're not confirming or denying. How, no. Do they talk about that much on the KFC website? Yeah, they have a whole section. Yeah, yeah. yeah they really don't like mm. that, to mention that at all, strangely. Well, then pro- but it probably, does feel like, you're like that probably that probably is the case because – the Colonel's biography mentions that he developed the recipe from other people's recipes anyway. Right. Um, and he says that he cooked a large order of chicken where he tweaked one final ingredient in his own recipe and then the chicken remained unchanged ever since. Yeah, the the, the last ingredient was chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he just had a herbs and spices. It was just like 
deep frying oh. herbs and spices, and he's like, it's messing something. I would yeah. love a clod of original <laughs> recipe. This tastes so good, but oh. there's something missing. It's so gritty. It would go and with some oily. kind of protein. Yes. I don't know. What? So originally, it was just called Kentucky Fried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you frying? Gob. What do you mean? What? What do you mean, what am I frying? I fried Kentucky. I'm, I'm frying. It's yeah. <laughs> a weird question. God, and then a dumb. chicken accidentally walked into the deep fryer. <laughs> Cross the road. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. 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 That's the chicken. That's our chicken. That's how KFC's made. That chicken gave his life. Yeah. For chicken. Oh. For flavour. Um, so there's also documentary footage where one of his daughters claimed that they threw all the spices together and they wrote the recipe above the door of the kitchen and he was like, that's the recipe. So if anything happens to me, you can look up there and that's the recipe. <laughs> so, like, there's a whole lot of stories. But there was no denying that people were loving the fried chicken. Mm. It was The word was spreading. Reviewers were reviewing it. People were saying, mm. Positively? Positively. <laughs> yes. Positively. <laughs> Five stars on Uber Eats. Whoa. Whoa. Never Whoa. You that. never see Whoa. that. Never see that. Four and a half, and then you're like, I don't think this place exists. Yeah, yeah, but if it's like four and a half, but it has like 4,000 reviews, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I get suspicious if it's a lot of reviews. I'm like, who is reviewing Yeah, this? true. I review every time. Like, and just the stars. Pops up. Just the yeah. stars. Yeah. Oh, no. I, uh, the ones where people write stuff. Oh, yeah. Don't do oh, yeah, yeah. That's, then I'm sus. No, I'm sus. Never written anything. Don't even know how Never you do anything that. Down. No. You just go... Yeah. So that was you pressing a star button and making a noise. Mm. But I don't think it was clear to the podcast audience. No, I think it was. Or other people in the room. Mm. <laughs> oh, but Jess. I got it. Oh, but Jess. Oh, but Jess. But it wasn't a smooth journey to KFC's success. He lost his son, Harlan Jr., in 1932 due to complications following getting his tonsils removed. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, like, kidding. Yeah, real bad way to go. Unexpected. He was only 20 years old. And in 1941, his Asheville location was closed due to the impacts of rationing during World War II. That's the right dates, yeah? Yeah, World War II. <laughs> Edit out that laugh at World War No, leaving the laugh about World War II. People need to know I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> he divorced his first wife, Josephine, in 1947, so it took a while. And then came the news that a new main highway was being built that would bypass Corbin. And that was where his first Sanders Court Ooh. station was. So in Sanders' autobiography, he explains that he went from refusing a 164k offer on his Corbin location to a couple years down the track selling the place at auction for 75k. He used the money to pay off his debts, and he lamented in his autobiography, "Now I was 65 years old. I had my social security check to live on, and that was about all. And that wasn't very much. What was I to do?" So it's 65 years old. I have. We haven't got to the part where KFC exists. Yeah. Wow. It's like, and so much of KFC lore, they kind of ignore this whole section, whereas I thought it was quite interesting. I'd never knew all this stuff. No. And I was like, this is wild. That's right, because like, you know, when Ronald McDonald started the company, it was still mm. like a youngish clown with a shock of red hair, mm-hmm. whereas KFC, all the logos and stuff is old man kernel. Yeah. And that's because they really- It started then. started then. Yeah. They didn't have pictures of him young. No. Yeah. They didn't have uh, photos back then. No, no. <laughs> All of us look at each other. When did they? <laughs> I, think they I think they did. They did because I think yes. there were photos of the autobiography. It was just a picture autobiography. I've just I've made this report from the pictures. It was a graphic novel. It was a graphic novel, yeah. It was a comic. <laughs> okay, it was a TikTok. This was a TikTok. I've summarised it all. I love TikTok. Uh, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was also at this point in the report that Beck realised she had been writing this report for so long and the KFC restaurants did not exist <laughs> yet. So even though possibly this is the interesting part of the story for most people and so very many things happened, this part's going to zip by a little quicker. Okay, great. All right, so back to the report. I'm also leaving out that he delivered babies. I'm just going to mention it here. That was a... That happened for a bit. That was another job, career? That was another job in the middle of all of this. I don't like that. I don't think I trust him. Baby chickens, though, Jess. Oh, that's okay. It was yeah. baby chickens, yeah. He cracks an egg. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> baby chicken. Baby chicken bone. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think when you're cracking an egg? You're just That's part of the reason I hate eggs. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty awful. <laughs> um... <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> I won't. How do you? A little before everything went so bad, Sanders met Pete Harmon, an owner of a small restaurant called the Dewdrop in. Oh, it's a pun. I just read it out loud and got it. Dewdrop in. Dewdrop in. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <gasps> I didn't get it when you said it. Dewdrop in. Dave would have, pun master. Yeah, pun, pun, pun king obviously would have recognised. <laughs> I just wrote it down. Didn't, didn't take it That's in. cute. I like that. I like that too. In Salt Lake City. So uh, they crossed paths a few times, and on the way to a conference at a Christian church in Australia, what? we're in the story now. I fucking love it when we're in the story. We're in the Kentucky Fried Chicken <gasps> Cinematic Universe. Yes. Wow. <laughs> because we're, we, exist we exist in reality. We're real. <laughs> he went to this conference hoping to be cured of his swearing. Uh, yeah. just in swearing. Australia. Just, That's yeah. not in Australia. No, I didn't think it was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, Bex dropped a couple of C's today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never say something like that. You don't know what I said behind the beep. Uh, he stopped off to visit Pete and he insisted he make his Kentucky Fried Chicken for Pete's family. Pete regaled in his documentary footage that I watched that I – it was on YouTube and it didn't say where it was from, but it's there. Pete regaled in documentary footage – uh, that it was the best meal he had ever eaten, but it also took until 10 p.m. to finish due to Sanders' perfectionism. He wanted to get everything right. He wanted this gravy that had, like, chicken crackling. He wanted it amazing. It was then that Sanders offered Pete the chance to buy the recipe. Whoa. And Whoa. Hang on. But he didn't leap at the chance. And then the colonel was surprised. He was like, oh, but this is a good opportunity. Pete told him to fuck off. <laughs> he did. He's he like, did. sorry, I've got a swearing problem. I'm so sorry. I'm Pete so sorry. really should have said, let's go on a business together, colonel. Well, <laughs> that was the weirdest well I've ever done. Wow. Well, what? Well, what? Well, that didn't, that didn't happen. <gasps> You'll never believe it. Uh, Sanders went away to brainstorm, coming up with this whole idea of Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken. He copyrighted the idea, the name, and his own picture. But it's worth noting here that there are conflicting reports that a sign writer who worked for Pete came up with Kentucky Fried Chicken and wrote, wrote it on a sign, but this is disputed by Sanders. Uh, so he went back to Pete, who then suggested Sanders franchise the cooking process to him, and he gave Sanders a few cents for every chicken sold. He gave him four cents. Um, and then Pete was hugely successful. It tripled the sales in his restaurants Whoa. by having this fried chicken there. And it also he was also credited, Pete, with creating the takeaway bucket as well uh, and oh. putting everything in the takeaway bucket and he he said he would make it so it was really heavy so it felt like you were getting a lot for what you were getting. Just putting lead in the bottom of the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that lead, boys. Oh, this is so heavy and for only 99 cents. <laughs> Why put lead at the bottom of the bucket? Make the bucket out of lead. <laughs> <laughs> then you can use the bucket. Perfect. So he was credited with that and also apparently making the phrase finger licking good. But Whoa. Sanders also says he came up with that. Okay. So it's also disputed. Sanders taking a lot of credit here. He takes a lot of credit. It would for have been thumb licking good, but 
It felt a bit insensitive yeah. to his yeah, dead son. Yeah. Or scalp licking good. Yeah, that, oh, that's the they, most disgusting they thing. They went I've through ever a said. few options. Cut that. Does he still have a bit sort of flapping in the breeze? Some say you can hear the wind whistling through it to the stand. <laughs> that's why I put oh, That's the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh, no, 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 no. no Sorry, no. it's a bit windy in here. Oh, God. A bit of a draft. So, this was also when Sanders started developing the Kentucky Fried Chicken Law. In 1949, he fully adopted the Colonel persona. He just he just suddenly went to wearing went a colonel. white suit every day. Yeah. And through any season, just winter, summer, he was wearing that white suit. I think he had lighter, you know, fabrics, but he was still wearing it. He bleached his hair. Oh. Mm. Uh, and initially, people around him thought he was joking. I like, you know, when you That's try a new style and then yeah. he, they were like, people oh, were no, like, good this one. Is- Ha-ha-ha! And they were like, oh, wait, no, this is this is actually happening. Did you get that, Dave, when you grew the beard? People were like, you are. That's a good one. That is a, that is a good <laughs> that is bit. A good, funny stuff. And I say, yes, it is. Thank you. Playing the long game. Did everyone else go through a hat phase? Yeah. I'm in it. Oh, shit, you're wearing a hat. But I'm, yeah, you are. Through I love a hat. I love the hat. But, I was just looking at this flyer over here. I'm wearing, the, I'm wearing the a hat, hat there, too. Is that the same hat? So, uh, yeah. Same hat. I got Did you lots look of hats down to look at your hat? No, I, was trying to, I was trying to. Oh, you're looking I was up. flashing the hat to right. you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a great look at your hat. We've lost our minds. It's you, hot in this room. Yeah, did you go through a hat phase? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not part of the thing. Um. So, in his autobiography, he said that he decided to use Colonel Sanders with Kentucky Fried Chicken so he should look the part. And now, with his social security check that he was getting Mm -hmm. because he didn't have a job at the time, uh, his white suit, chicken on the brain and in his heart. It's easy to get on his brain because of the the lifted lid. (laughs) Which sounds like what, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) So great. I reckon 20% of listened right now are being repulsed. (laughs) Uh, so Colonel Sanders set off to sell his franchising idea to much many more restaurateurs. Uh, in the republished KFC autobiography slash cookbook, uh, Sanders said of this time, and while I wasn't right with God, I remember praying to God Almighty, you've helped me in the past and I need your help now, God, and I promise you if this idea of franchising works out because of your blessing, you'll get your share, which I think is <laughs> an he, interesting prayer. He cut God in. He's trying to bribe God. Okay. Yeah, he, he so was, it wasn't. The KKK that he sent money to, it was The, the GGG. It really was. Uh, yeah, wow, that's quite different, actually. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he essentially got God on as like an unpaid creative director. Silent partner. Yeah, silent partner. Mm. Uh, because it worked. It started to work slowly. Sanders signed up five restaurants in the first two years, uh, and by 1960 the number had skyrocketed to 400 in the US. Whoa. Wow. Uh, every time he signed up a new franchisee, he would train the staff he'd go in. Uh, he leased the pressure cooker and sent them the herbs and spices mix with uniform packaging so no one knew what it was and he could control all of that wow. and keep people on board. During a lot of the time, he lived and worked out of his car and his new wife, Claudia, travelled around with him pitching to restaurants. But as more franchises signed up, eventually he had to drop his social security check because at one point he was using all the money he got and putting it back in the business and still – he had oh, the social security the social check. Security. He has 400 restaurants and he's still getting the social security wow. and living in his car. The system works. Mm. And that put him. he put himself on a salary. The business continued to grow. By 1964, there were 900 locations 
And according to Encyclopedia.com, it was the largest fast food franchise in the US then. Wow. And then at age 73, at age 73, Xander's perfectionist spirits was struggling to keep up with just a man because he wanted, he was doing everything sort of himself. He had, he had work. With 900 things, stores, you he say? He was like wow. still working pretty hard. He was, he just. If he's still training every new store. I think he probably had some people helping, but I think he still was very yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And very protective of the brand. Uh, but it was then that he sold Kentucky Fried Chicken for $2 million to a partnership of two Kentucky businessmen, John Y. Brown Jr. and Jack C. Macy. Ah. And he trusted them as good members of the community. There were some things that weren't included in the sale. I think he still held on to Canada for a bit. Okay. Uh, and um, Pete Harmon still held on to all of Utah. Like, right. So there were there was some, but they, they sold the- So he sold now. it pretty cheap. I mean, it's $2 million- in 19, oh, what is it? 73, did you say? Yeah, he was, no, he was 73. Oh, he was 73. And he was so born 63. in 1890. He was, yeah, 1963, 2 million. Wow. Let me find out what I that think is. it's a bit. But also, like, you, he's old now at this point. Yeah. 2 yeah, million's going to get you. Get you through. You're going to live very comfortably through the end <sighs> yeah, of your life. Yeah, for sure. Well, don't worry. He's about to make much more money. Perfect. Really? That's what I was worried about. I, I was hoping he would make more money. <laughs> yes. You were worried. On the sale in his autobiography, he waxed that it was hard for me to let go of the business. I didn't ever think I'd really let it go, but the people who bought the management from me are organization types, and they have access to some very wonderful people with fine talents. In two years, these talented people have taken what was a $3 million corporation and have built it up to nearly $20 million. Whoa! Of course, they had a great product to sell. Of course, he'd say that. But it took organization to keep up that kind of pace. No one man could have done it, or two men either. So the deal wasn't just for the franchises. It also ensured that Sanders had a lifetime annual salary of, I think it was 40 k I've read a few different things, but I think it was 40K to continue as a director and ambassador. So he was still trucking. He was still going around. He appeared across the country, made a bunch of media appearances across TV, and in bit parts in movies. He popped up in movies sometimes. So weird. It's so weird to think of him as a real person. I know. I know. A lot of people didn't know he was real. There was I, I read a survey where people didn't think he actually existed because he's such an icon as like a, just a little face a on logo. a bucket. Yeah. yeah. Two million's about 20 million today. Okay, so oh, he was fine. You'd take right. that. And I didn't even mention that he, he got the original line-up drawing of himself and it cost $8,000 and he was like, oh, that was a lot at the time, but I think that was probably worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's helped become make him recognisable today. So later in life, Colonel Sanders found great solace in the church. Isn't it funny how mm. uh, if you pray and your life goes well, then you believe, but if it didn't, he'd be like... Well, that was what kept happening. Believe. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he wasn't really, he was into swearing. He didn't really live by mm. what his mother wanted him to live. So he like, held up his end of the bargain. He did. And he donated a lot of money to the church. Uh, so he paid God back for all that yeah, <laughs> silent support. Uh, he wrote extensively in his autobiography about God and it's it's very God-focused and he made a very long TV appearance on a Christian station that I watched the other day and he explained how a polyp on his colon was healed thanks to a minister's prayer. And it's not a good clip. <laughs> wow, is it the He said him he describes in great detail what happened. What Colin the- Sanders. <laughs> there he is, the king. I'm clapping that too. That's the king. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so humble, man. A good bit's a good bit. 
<laughs> so he became quite charitable with his money. He established the Colonel Harland Sanders Trust and Charitable Organization. He donated to the church, the Salvos, the Boy Scouts, and many orphanages. He had a particular passion for caring for orphans. There were some things I found about him adopting orphans, but I couldn't find much else to back it up. Wow. Uh, in 1971, KFC was sold again uh, to Hublin Inc. <laughs> that's not how you say it, but that's how we're saying it. Hublin. Hublin. Uh, but that only upped the Colonel's pay packet. He earned ah. upwards of 200k a year for commercials and personal appearances, according to the Washington Post. But the Colonel wasn't afraid to bite the hand that feeds him. And so every- he was just—he was a living, <laughs> a living mascot. He yeah. was really the, he just the real used to go around. Ronald McDonald. Yeah, and do ads. There's so many ads with him. That's you can amazing. Watch years and years of him. But as he was also being this commercial person, saying like, "How good's this thing?" He really didn't like what KFC was doing with uh. chicken, and he wasn't afraid to say it. A New York Times piece even reported that he called the mashed potatoes wallpaper paste, the gravy sludge, and he was really angry about the coleslaw, saying, no carrots! Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So on KFC's innovations, he once said, I'm sorry I sold it back in 1964. It would have been smaller now, but a lot better. People see me up there doing commercials and they wonder how I could ever let such products bear my name. It's downright embarrassing. Whoa. Really turned on it. Yeah. And he even started, he tried to start a new chain with his um, restaurant. He tried to start a new chain with his wife. I just called his wife a restaurant. (laughs) We've got to end. I'm getting there. It's almost done. That's how much he loves her. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he loved his restaurant, I would argue, a lot more than the people around him, which, hmm. yeah, he wasn't a cool dude. So he tried to start a new chain by opening a restaurant with his wife called the Colonel's Ladies Dinner House. Colonel's Ladies. Uh, with the original recipe chicken, not surprisingly, Hublin took issue with this and they <laughs> filed a formal lawsuit in 1973. In retaliation, he sued them, claiming they were no longer using his secret recipe and his name was suffering as a result. The case was settled out of court. In Colonel Sanders' favour. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, but they did change the name of the restaurant to the Claudia Sanders Dinner House, and that rolls off the tongue. Um, there were loca- there were rumours that other locations were going to open, but they didn't. But they did serve the original recipe chicken. They you could, I think you can still go there now. But no carrots. <laughs> no carrots. It's so funny to be so upset about products they're making when the business is doing really well. People are obviously enjoying the food. And you're like, oh, you've ruined it. And you're making 200K a yeah, year. Yeah, you're fine. You can just have a sleep. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Speaking of, Sanders kept working throughout his entire life. In his autobiography, he said, a lot of people have said to me, why don't you retire? I tell them, a man will rust out quicker than he'll wear out. He just was. He just wanted to keep working. I don't understand that. But we yeah. don't have time to unpack it. No. But he couldn't keep Basically, working. Basically, if he keeps working, he'll live longer, I think. Hang on a second. You rust out if you sit. Dormant, but if you keep working, you won't wear out. So I'm not, I'm Does not, this sound? It seemed it made sense to me, but <laughs> but you're as old as but the I, wind. I'm as old as the wind, and I just see eye to eye with this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no! Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, on matters of chicken <laughs> and rust. <laughs> Even though you once had a shootout with him. Ah, oh, you know that's because we had too much in common. Yeah. We both loved arrows, and we both had service stations. <laughs> But he couldn't keep working forever. In 1980, he was diagnosed with leukemia and he died of pneumonia six months later at 90 years old. Wow. Pretty wow. beginnings. 
Uh, in the end, Sanders had an estate of less than $1.5 million because he donated millions to charity. Um, there was even he, – he said he didn't leave anything really to his family. Nice. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> Great Fuck guy. those kids. Yeah. Great guy. I think he left – there was a thing about a ring and a watch. But yeah, it Very was all generous. like but he left. He left. It's not like he didn't. He gave it to bad things. He was giving it to orphanages and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like he he's sort of ended his life a bit more positively. Yeah, I think he. I think probably he to. did that classic thing of uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. If there is a real god, I want them to bring me up into their place. <laughs> Redemption <Heaven>. arc. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens in church. <laughs> His body was taught around to a few memorial services as people, state officials, his family, and the, the public paid their respects. The governor of Kentucky eulogized him as an American original. His body was laid to rest only a few miles from the... <laughs> <laughs> like the chicken, is that why you're laughing? American original <laughs> recipe. Original recipe. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he didn't really think too hard on that, did he? Nah. That would have been... That would have been good. Yeah. But he... So his... He, it was an open casket. People could see him. I think he, he was buried in his suit. He was in the suit, yeah. Lindsay packed his ass with cotton. We know that mm. to be true. Yeah. Really? I yeah. thought it would have been a better tribute to cremate him and then dust some <laughs> chicken with his ashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like dusting. Mm. Uh, his body was laid to rest only a few miles from the small farm he was born on in Henryville, Indiana. He lives on still today. Through the artwork of KFC. Oh, that's uh, with, a twist. Yep. <laughs> Surprise, he's back. Uh, with many actors stepping into the role in ads, uh, there was also a Lifetime movie presented by KFC starring Mario Lopez <laughs> as Colonel Sanders called A Recipe for Seduction. Do <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know about this? Mario Lopez. No, it's real. It's real. It exists. A Recipe for Seduction. Yeah. What was it about? It was about he was Harlan Sand- Sanders it and it was like a romantic, like he came in and he's like, oh, no, here he comes. He was sound Harlan like he Sanders. was not very romantic at all. Yeah, recipe for seduction is a bit strange. Recipe for sexual assault allegations more like it. I mean, really, if we if we look at the whole Colonel Sanders story, I don't think he was the best guy. But that doesn't, hasn't stopped KFC from also pumping out things like uh, a dating sim called I Love You, Colonel Sanders. Wow. Which I played and I couldn't, I didn't win. Couldn't resist. I couldn't get him. He didn't, Hmm. he had a, he was like an anime Colonel Sanders. Not interested. Hmm. I'm sorry, Beck. Thank you. So where better to end our tale of Colonel Sanders than with his closing words in his 1974 autobiography, Life as I Have Known It Has Been Finger Lickin' Good. That can't be real. That is, I've read it. I've read the whole thing practically. That can't be true. I didn't want to say the name of the title, the book until now because I thought it was so good. It's incredible. It's terrible and amazing. So good as Finger Lickin' Good. So there it is. That's my story. And I pray to God Almighty it will encourage you also to commit your life to Jesus. If you will, no matter what hard times you may go through, if you keep turning to him, acknowledging him and honouring him in all you do, he'll help you through it. But I hope instead you turn your life to the glories of fried chicken and all the secrets its herbs and spices might hold. And that is the end of the wow. story of Colonel That's Sanders. Amen. 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 Ah, uh, chicken. Oh, beautiful. Whoa. Ah, hen. Uh, yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. Right, no. We did it. it was worth One it. last pun on the <laughs> way Bloody out. hell. Beck, what a fantastic <laughs> tale. If nothing else, I'm going to get Kentucky Fried Chicken on the way home as a tribute 
Yeah. To that man. And I don't I eat chicken, but I'll have some chippies. Yeah. Dave, funny. if you get the coleslaw, please either pick out the carrot or yeah. add it in, depending on which one yeah. he likes. Yeah, more. no carrots. Is it, was that positive <laughs> or anti-carrot? We'll never know. Hard to say. Um, but, Beck, one more time. Tell us the name of your show and where people can catch you at the Comedy Festival. It's called Merry. It's at Campari House. I'm there from March 27, and I don't think there will be anything about KFC in it. But maybe we'll there might see. be. We ne- you never know. Maybe I'll give What's you. What's a Christmas lunch without a bit of finger licking? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Matt. Sorry. No, it was beautiful. I was going to say chicken, but I said that instead. It's because it's hot, and I talked for so long <laughs> about Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show. As we say goodbye to Beck, we say hello and thank you for your support. <laughs> We say hello? Patreon supporters. Oh, thank you. We also thank Beck. We say thank you to her as well. No, no. We uh, say goodbye, Beck. See you never. He <laughs> 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 will never, ever again see Beck, Petratus and I mm. in the same room. I was thinking about it. Good see, to go out on top. <laughs> I I reckon I only have, I've only ever had KFC once. Have you, do you two eat it? Not really. Chippies. Yeah, right. But, I mean, it is a, a, a KFC and I don't eat chicken. You don't, you don't eat, eat the C. C. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> you don't eat C. I don't eat C. Yeah, well, that's I do your eat, loss. I do eat C and I also eat chicken. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, KFC, for me, every now and then I get a craving. Yeah. yeah I'll yeah, eat yeah. it. I love it in the moment and then afterwards I always regret it. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. So full on. So over the top. What would you do? You remember your one experience? Yeah, it was a friend used to work there, and after we went to the pub, sometimes we'd go to his his work that was closed, but there were people in there, and he'd go in and make us up some stuff. Oh, like, nice! He just made me up like a, a wrap, and uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. Just go into a closed KFC. Yeah, that That's sounds cool. like a dream. You've got the in. <laughs> yeah, you know, Love the, that. Say, I can't remember if that was one time or multiple times, but yeah, it's a. Great late night snack. But you reckon you've never ordered anything off the menu? No, he just made me. It was basically just like salad and sauce in a yeah. I'm okay bit of with bread. That. They should make that. This the KFC salad and sauce. They do <laughs> sounds do, good. They do good chips. Right. Give them that. Yeah, for the sure. chips are very very good, especially I, if, when they nail them. They are probably the yeah the best of the fast. fast but sometimes food. they're shit house. Yeah, they're you know soggy I mean? and, co- and do you like cold. red rooster chips. Can be fantastic. I don't think I've ever had red rooster either. Okay, well, maybe I don't know. Yeah, we used to yeah, do Red Rooster a lot. As a kid, if, uh, our special treat was McDonald's, I think. Yeah. Uh, but we're more like uh, fish and chips or yep. around the local fish and chip shop Friday nights. That yeah, was the treat. My family would only do like uh, McDon- McDonald's drive through for chips or Sundays or like the 30 cent cones, 50 cent cones, $400 cones now. I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, on like driving back from Ballarat, like seeing family, we'd yep. get chippies and that was it. Punch some cones. Great. Yeah, some good stuff. A bit of Ballarat culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favourite thing from the McDonald's menu is still the hotcakes. Big, big fan. Love the hotcakes. Why are we talking McDonald's? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but back to KFC, I did for a while there, they had this thing called potato mashies, which are fried what? balls of mashed potato. <gasps> they, they brought them out twice and both times, you know, for like a month or something. Loved them. Okay. That sounds like a... Not a bad idea. Yeah. Just like fried. It's like halfway between a chip and the outside of a chicken nugget wrapped around oh, mashed okay. potato. Nice. That sounds like that almost sounds like like an hors d'oeuvre, yeah. you know, that you might get at a wedding when someone's passing a yes, plate yeah, around. It, it is kind mm. of They're like, probably not passing the plate around. Pa- Walking pass the plate, the plate help around. yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is like um, 
Take one past along. A croquette filled with mashed potato. Yeah. Um, what are the what are the rice ones? Arancini. Arancini. There's a bit of an arancini yes. vibe about it. Delicious. I love an arancini. Me too. <laughs> Why aren't they available in these fast food restaurants? Because arancini. Oh. I know we just had lunch, but I'm hungry. <laughs> one arancini. bucket of arancini, please. <laughs> Deep fried. Yum, yum. That's good stuff. Anyway, so this section of the show is where we thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters. Without them, you know, this show doesn't really exist. As, you know, of course, as well as all of our great listeners, we appreciate you all. Uh, but if you want to get involved, you can go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. Jess, what, what can what happens once they're there? Well, you get to vote on uh on report on topics that we're gonna cover. You get to be a part of the most beautiful corner of the internet, our Facebook group, and also um three bonus episodes per month. Whoa. Pretty and, exciting stuff. And the back catalogue is sitting there. What are we got? 180 bonus something episodes like or something? That. It's a lot. Yeah, that's more than I realised. That's a lot of bonuses. I may have just lied, but it's definitely- No, it's, it is up there. I think it's at least 60. 160. <laughs> okay, even more. Uh, but the first thing we like to do is thank the people who have signed up on our Sydney Scheinberg level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this section has a little jingle. Go something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding! <laughs> Widget the World Watcher. Ding! Always remembers the ding. Always remembers the sing. And you always remember the widge. <laughs> the widge. <laughs> uh, so in this one, people on that level get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or really whatever they like. Mm. Uh, I read them out for the first time on the on the air. I'm not. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> These aren't pre. What do you call it in TV world? Pre scanned or whatever. Screened. Pre-screened. No oh, pre-screening no. Yeah, has been We've got no producer working here. We're doing it ourselves. This uh, is a two-bit operation. <laughs> so first up, I'd Did love to- two-person operation? Two, two-bit. <laughs> Sorry, it's a one-person operation <laughs> plus Matt and Jess. All right, here he is. That's not far from the truth. So the first one comes from <laughs> Amelia. Uh, I'd argue I do most of the work for this section. And yes, Amelia and Dave, absolutely has just. given themselves the title of official website quality assurance tester, a.k.a. the dummy who somehow managed to subscribe via the website, even though signups there have been shut down and it's not actually meant to be possible. That, Sorry yeah. about that. Was incredible. That's that was really impressive. For a while there, you could subscribe directly to us through our website, dogoonpod.com, but it was easier to have it all in one place. So we put it back on patreon.com slash dogoonpod and somehow. <laughs> the firewall was down. Amelia found the back door entry. Yeah, still signed up. And we appreciate that perseverance. Yeah. Don't be, don't, you know, don't feel embarrassed. You you fucking nailed it. Yeah. That. I was like, we love We're a heist impressed. here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was like a crypto heist. Exactly. Who knows what's <laughs> like. Must I know, right, I don't know. We don't understand we've how s- computers work. <laughs> no, but we've. I'm sure we've closed the do- back door to some international governments who are definitely going to hack into our website. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, Amelia. The crypto hacker is offering us a fact writing. Hello, I love the show and have started going through all the past episodes that I didn't get around to listening to yet. I just listened to the one you did way back in 2020 about the Lithuania versus USA Dream Team basketball game at the 1992 Olympics. Fantastic. Recorded live from my grandfather's house. That's, That's right. right. Uh, I think we also recorded the Michael Jackson and Bubbles primate yes. episode there. What a day. What a day. Uh, I know the episode was so long ago, but I wanted to share an additional, hopefully fun, anecdote about this story that I have a personal connection to. Whoa! I'm listening. You played on the team? Oh, my gosh. Sabonis? <laughs> Amelia continues. I'm Australian, but I live in Los Angeles with my husband who is from Portland, Oregon. 
My husband's family are big fans of both basketball and The Grateful Dead, so I was telling them about this story he covered. This prompted my father-in-law to share a story of his own, specifically about The Grateful Dead part and how the Lithuanian team got introduced to them and ended up with tie-dyed Grateful Dead uniforms. Here is what he said. Pretend you're hearing this part directly from my father-in-law Okay. Now. Should I put on an American accent? I think so. Okay. Specifically from Oregon. Por- yeah, Portland. Or- Oregon. Okay. <laughs> a friend of mine is from Lithuania. So offensive to your father-in-law, really. I'm so sorry. At the time, he wanted to help fundraise for the Lithuanian Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He was friends with Arvidas, Sabonis, and Saranis, Markalonis. My friend helped put the whole thing together with another Lithuanian friend of his. Together. <laughs> they were the ones <laughs> who reached out to the Grateful Dead, as he knew someone that worked for them. They had the tie-dyed shirts, made and raised a bunch of money for the team, in addition to help fund their travels to Barcelona. Oh, my God. Yep. We donated <laughs> to the fundraiser. Going. I appreciate the commitment. So good. And my friend gave me one of the T-shirts he had made. T-shirts. I think I still have it's it. Kermit. Unless it's in storage. Kermit's from Portland. <laughs> so there you have it. Wow. The, thought- so one of the original T-shirts might still be in possession of the father-in-law. Yeah. That's incredible. That's oh, awesome. Got to get him to ch- track it down, We'd Amelia. Love get a to photo. See a photo of him wearing it. Uh, so there you have it. I thought that was pretty cool. My husband and his siblings all have distinct memories of the T-shirt growing up. Oh, it definitely stands out. <laughs> My sister-in-law once wore it to a Halloween party when she dressed up as a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> this should be in a museum. <laughs> yeah. I uh, hope you guys get a kick out of this. Oh, I, I'd say I did. Oh Loved yeah. It. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to the episode and talking about it with my in-laws. Love you guys. Love you too, Amelia. Oh, I love that we've prompted uh, a family chat. Isn't that so nice? Good. Love a family chat. How not? And a positive one. Yeah. <laughs> and not, we've brought you here <laughs> yeah. for an intervention. Uh, thank so you very much. my family. Amelia, this next one comes from <laughs> you being intervened or intervening your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Squire. Squire. Dad, you got to stop calling everybody Squire. Just learn their names. Uh, next one comes from Ralph Wolf. Okay, second in command of 69 Sex Street, Puss City, Austria. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a callback to some. I can't remember what. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It still makes me laugh. Without Can we hear the address of what time, please? Uh, Ralph lives at 69 Sex Street, Puss City, Austria. Puss City. <laughs> I think it might be refer- referencing something you said, Dave. Oh, maybe. That's, that's why I find it so funny. Because <laughs> I uh, only find my own humour funny. Uh, and Ralph has <laughs> Ralph Wolf has is asking this question. Okay. Who is your favourite dog? Who who who? Who is who is our favourite dog? Who, is it was that meant to be the who 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 who? Oh, I really tell me who know. is your favourite dog? Who is your favourite dog? Who who? Who, who, do you think, or are you, were you going with a different I was tune? wondering if it was who let the, who dogs, let the out? dogs out. Who, 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 I'm not sure. No, though. honestly, I think yours makes way more sense. Yeah, yours is dumb. Well, you can write all uh, hate mail to I'm my com- address, 69 Sex Street. <laughs> I'm confident, p- p- uh, Puss City. Puss City. I'm confident I know your answers, but I'd love to hear them all the same. Do you? What do you think my answer is? I would assume yours is Goose. Incorrect. Mine is Pickles, the dog from <laughs> Oh my gosh, from the World Cup Trophy Heist. Yeah, mm. that's my favourite dog. Sorry, Goose, if you're listening, but lift your fucking game. Right. Save a day or two, mate. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Caught him the other day, gave him this little bone that's made of like peanut butter. It's heart. Anyway, he's eaten 90% of it, takes the end of it and goes and tries to hide it in his bed. 
And I'm like, hey, dickhead, I'm watching you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> dog's a fucking Come idiot. On. Goose. Saving it for later. Uh, mate, I'll just put it away for you. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? Wow. So pickles for Jess. Yep, Dave, your answer. For me, who did you, what were you going to guess my answer was, Matt? I was going to assume Humphrey. Oh, wow. He's made the top two, which is uh, great. But number one is, of course, uh, from the Philippines, uh, Chowder the Bear Dog that I follow on Instagram and I he's a chowder. Yes. I love this dog. Okay, here's something, I love this dog. Here's something I learnt recently. I, don't, I, I have not verified this, but my friend has a chow chow and said that teddy bears are based off the face of chow chows. And when you look at a chow chow after that, you're like, that's a fucking that teddy bear. That makes sense. That's that makes very sense. great. My dad's a big fan of chow chows. That, just, that is a living teddy bear. We had a, a gold one and then a black one growing up because dad, dad absolutely loves them. They're the best. I I love this dog. No, Humphrey is number one, but Chowder the Bear Dog is number, number two. Great call. Great call. I'd say it's hard to limit mine to one. I'd say my favourite dog, Can I? am I allowed to have more than one? If I could have more than one, I'm going to go with a pack of wild dogs <laughs> that ran the 1904 Marathon <laughs> Olympian off course. Yes. <laughs> I love those dogs too. <laughs> I love those damn dogs. <laughs> those pesky little mutts. That broke you. Oh, yes. So good. <sighs> and you edited most of it out, I think, Dave. You thought people wouldn't be able to handle it. Or- it was me. Oh, as you did, yeah. I no, no no there's still like a solid there's over a minute of you losing it in there I I cut it down it was Len Tao was run off course hey, there you go. Len Tao but yeah I think uh, the the Golden Shiny Gary Awards episode from that year uh, it happened again yes because <laughs> yes. you're running again you were reminded <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah but I think. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling actually right on the edge of it now, and I'm just trying to. Honestly, my face is starting to get a bit. Oh, no, 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 no. Here we go. Len Tao. She's just trying to run a marathon. A pack of wild dogs. Had a yeah. pack of dogs. No, no, no. Right no, no, no. Len Tao chased off course. He could have won. I think I've got it just in control, but man, I feel like I'm pinging all of a sudden. Those dogs ruined him. Oh, my God. This is. I'm All sorts of endorphins are, are going off right now. Been by a man who ate some Apples that made him feel sick and he had to have a little nap. <laughs> and so a guy funny. wearing, I think, business shoes. How do you remember <laughs> this right. so detailed? And he had to cut off his, <laughs> yeah, his business he, pants. Yeah, he was only had a, and he was wearing a beret, I think. Yeah, was he was a Cuban man. He only had a suit and he was in the marathon, so he had to sort of cut his outfit Was down. it a bonus episode? Or was it a f- it's a bonus episode, right. yeah. It's a bonus episode, but yeah, that was only revealed at the end. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh man, dogs. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's that's my answer. Thank you very Great much, answer. Ralph. Does Ralph, Ralph answer their own question? Ralph doesn't. Uh, Ralph, you got to tell us what's your favorite dog. But I can't help but feel that Ralph Wolf might be one of the Patreon's dogs, and that's so maybe Ralph is his own favorite dog. That's good. Oh, A dog you. should be their own favorite mm. dog. I don't think Goose knows other dogs exist. He sees them, but he doesn't know what they are. He, doesn't, he oh, sees them. Oh, really? Humphrey's obsessed with them. But do you them. think that maybe they don't realize that they're also a dog? They seem to recognise their own breed. They're pretty breedist. Right. So maybe they think other dogs are just like weird looking humans or something. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from Chris Torres, aka official North Carolinian living in Ohio with family in Gary, Indiana Whoa. of the podcast. Holy shit. Well, that's Whoa. The big what three is your together life? at last? That can't be true. But if it is, oh my God, Chris Torres. Um, can I meet you? And uh, Chris writes, a fact here, hey, gang, several months ago, I wrote in to try and update you uh, on North Carolina facts. 
and dethrone the blue fire trucks thing. Last time I tried to use the Venus fly traps are native to North Carolina. Oh my god! I've and thought says, about that. That's but that so doesn't cool. seem to stick. That that didn't seem to stick, and I. I've forgotten, forgotten all yeah. about it. Otherwise, that's great. Venus flytrap, sir. I'm going to try and remember that. No. So, here's another fact for you to try on. Okay. The first real mini golf course was built in North Carolina. No, okay. That's cool. That's Come not on. Staying in my mini head. golf is so funny. No, now we're that's talking. That's not staying in my head. That, that might. Nice try, Chris. Uh, although the idea of mini golf <laughs> was invented at least as early as 1912, Thistle Dew was the first standardized mini golf course built in 1916 in Pinehurst, North Carolina, a town famous for golf. No. The name is a pun, <laughs> as I'm sure Matt already noticed. I did not. Pinehurst. Uh, I think this will do. Oh, oh, this will do. I get it. This will do. Sorry, I was, I was really trying with Pinehurst. Mm. <laughs> I don't get it. So, yeah, this will do. Bit of fun there, uh, which indicates the original purpose of mini golf. If you can't play real golf, this will do. <laughs> Hopefully, this fact will do too. Yep, I reckon it will. That'll be in my head forever. Uh, you'll like this, Dave. Chris signs off by saying, thanks, guys. Books forever. Thank you so much. Just another cross against you for me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as most I'm, hated of all podcasts. I'm not going to remember that uh, that dog shit fact. <laughs> and I hate book cheat. Yeah, you do. So, well, nice try. Try again next time. Two truths and a lie there. <laughs> <laughs> she does hate book cheat. She will remember that fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate book cheat. I love it. The final... One this week for a fat quarter question comes from Daniel Headley, aka Chief Poop Deck Swabber of the SS Do Go On. Well, we need that's an important role, and okay. we thank you for your service. This has been building up. Uh, if you don't know what the SS Do Go On is, <laughs> Daniel describes it as a pod barge. <laughs> It's a barge. A barge. <laughs> and Daniel asked a question, writing, because I convinced myself I hated certain foods, it turns out I love, like, mushrooms, sprouts, hot sauce, etc., for the first 20-odd years of my life, I'm willing to try anything once now. What is the most disgusting thing you have eaten or would eat? Uh, Daniel answers the question here. Do you want me to read on? Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, the craziest thing I ate was a Carolina Reaper pepper. Whoa. But I'd love to try cockroaches, scorpions, crickets, or something one day. Anyway, yeah. love the pod. Cheers. Uru. love to try those. Love to. I can't think of, like, gross things. I mean, uh, here's the problem, is that I... Uh, I oh, I don't know how to explain it. I it's not that I'm a fussy eater. It's that I like I seem to dislike more foods than the average person. Well, I'll try something and I want to like it and I don't like it. Right. And how is that not being a fussy eater? <laughs> because it's not through me not being willing to try things. You know what I mean? Okay. It's not me being like I don't like it before I've even tried it. I want to. I you try it try and, and, and say, I want to like it. And then you say I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I assume that's what fussy eaters do as well. Like they, you reckon they usually. I just don't want to call myself it. a fussy eater. Okay. Can we just? I think the fussiest thing I do, and it and it's uh, it's hurt us as a as a an eating group recently. If I'm grossed out by the name of a place, yeah, I struggle to eat there. <sighs> like there's a place called the Bearded Sandwich. Bearded Jaffle. They do jaffles, um, which and and, and you the both said looks, they were great. The menu looks good. fantastic, but, but I just you had couldn't to order something separate. I couldn't. I couldn't get my get the image out of my head of the beard and the food, and yeah. I don't know why. Or there's another place around here that looks like it does great food called the Blue Stool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's next level. <laughs> It's not like what? It's just a chair. No, but why do they? Go, you got to run that by a friend. Yeah. Before you register the name. Have either of you eaten anything gross? One thing that comes to mind is it's not gross, but I missed out on it for the first like sixteen or seventeen years of my life. Is I 
thought baked beans looked gross. Right. And they then, do look a bit gross. Yeah, and then I tried them, and now I love them. Yeah, you love a baked bean. I love them. So I missed out on that for a long, long time. I, I, mm-hmm. I was exactly the same. I'm like, they're sweet, savoury beans. But they're weird. also like wet in a can. It just yeah, seems a bit yeah. gross. But then I, I think I was at a friend's house, and they had them for breakfast with their family or something. I'm like, oh, I better be polite and eat it. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is changing my life. Yeah, changing everything. But disgusting. I don't really, yeah, like gross stuff. I would never eat about bugs or. Nah. I would if, you know, it was on like a, you know, there was a money involved. I but otherwise, I would never choose to. Yeah. But if it was on like a, some sort of a dare show. Yeah. Yeah. Like but- that, the one with that guy from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So true. Makes but, you think. Um, <laughs> the guy from the podcast. What's his uh, name? I don't know. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Um, I don't know. But if you put it, having said that, if you put it in pie form, I would probably eat nearly everything. Like I've had a haggis pie and mm. camel pie, stuff like that. Okay, but I, but I, I wouldn't I, eat a slab of camel probably. But you put it in the pie and I go, okay, I'm listening. I think it's also if I'm in a, in a faraway place or, you know, a unique place to me. And there's a specialty there. I'd pro- I'd be I'd try that probably. Yeah, because it just feels like it's part of the traveling experience, experiencing other cultures and foods and stuff. Yeah, maybe. for sure. Even if it's cockroaches. Uh you know, if especially that's, if it's cockroaches. If that's a delicacy somewhere, I reckon probably. It is at Nick Cage's house. <laughs> he loves it. I remember um, that. Nicholas oh, Cage. Oh, he ate. Yes, he, ate co- he had two shots at eating co- live I do cockroach. That, yes, disgusting. Bob, on uh, recent primates, Dave and I decided we're going to do a trilogy episode spin-off on primates of the three big Nicolas Cage movies. Great. And it's going to be called something like, despite all my rage, I'm still a fan of Nicolas Cage. Love that. Which is, I think it's catchy and yes. it's short. Yes. And that's yep. what you want in a podcast title. <laughs> yep. It's not clunky. You're very welcome to join us. I'm busy. Fair um- <laughs> we thought you would be. <laughs> I don't I even waste my time asking <laughs> the Feel question. free to watch the movies at home and enjoy yourself. I anyway. did watch Con Air. Which I was very oh, I impressed it. by. I loved it. Sigh. Anara. Fucking hell, it's good stuff. Good. Good I'm going to save the fucking day. Oh, yeah. man, it's good. I think Vegemite's another one for me. I, I had it once as a kid and I didn't like it. Yeah. Now I love it. And coffee is the same. I had that once as a kid and hated it. Now mm-hmm. I love it. Um, right, so we should be trying things. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I did try them as a kid. But you know, <laughs> you can me. update your taste buds. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. Your, your as taste they die too. off, they die off. You need more full-on flavors to make you feel alive. I didn't like avocado for a long time, mm. and then I did. I wasn't even that big on cheese. Oh yeah, um, I was definitely the same with blue cheese. Yeah, it's like oh, that seems gross. Now it seems everything. <laughs> yeah, right. It's gross yeah. and other stuff. A hard blue, I'm in. But if it's a soft blue, creamy stool, blue, <laughs> creamy blue, a creamy blue stool. <laughs> what? You, what's wrong with this one? I updated the name. <laughs> oh fucking hell! I've got to get a new website now. It's a creamy blue stool. <laughs> Creamybluestool.com. Come eat at creamy blue stool. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I will not. Thank you though. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Sorry, we didn't have the best answer to that question there. I don't think we've. I won't eat anything gross, but yeah, but I, I wish you remember. well. I'm a basic bitch, but. I wish you well. Um, classic Dave Lyon. I wish I well. Uh, and the next thing we like to do is uh, thank a few of our other fantastic Patreon supporters. Jess, you normally have a bit of a game based on the topic. I do. What could we do? Could be their this- restaurant name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or it could be Cause their- Didn't cause- he just name the cafe after himself? It was a cafe. Yes. Well, I mean, the KFC you know, yeah. version. Or it could also be the what the Kentucky governor gave them as a title. 
you know, because the. Oh, do we want title or or name their restaurant? Dave, you get to choose. Oh, so what was his restaurant called again? Do we remember? KFC. <laughs> No, but it was like it was a. There was one. It, it was called like Roadhouse sixty nine or something. Uh, yeah, Sexville. Pushdown. <laughs> <laughs> Pushdown. Uh, for that, should we go with a the title then? Yeah, let's go for a title. Great, an honorary title. Honorary title. Well, the Colonel. Well, he's the Colonel. And you're right, Matt. On the episode, you mentioned that Tom Parker, Elvis's manager, may have had a similar thing. Yeah. I looked it up after we recorded, and that is correct. Given the honorary title, so also not a Colonel. So yeah, we're gonna name the. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna give him a title. Love that. Yeah. All right, Bob, do you want to do the first one as I read out from Torquay in Great Britain in Devon where they do scones right? It's Gareth Jones. Gareth Jones is the captain. Oh, Captain Gareth Ooh. Jones. And I uh, really appreciate your work, Captain Matt's Gareth. Matt's saluting to you. Sorry, I just realised he's doing that and it's a, it's a podcast. Ga- Gareth, and I should say any other uh, Patreon supporters who feel like they've been missed in the shout-outs, feel free to DM me on the Patreon site because some people have slipped through, like Gareth. He should have been uh, shouted out about a year ago. Oh, no, So very patiently been waiting. And he says that over dinner he, he sits down and listens with his partner to the Patreon section. Listen out for it. So I hope you're having a, a brilliant meal and I'm so sorry now that I realised <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a lovely KFC just, meal. They just listened to the Patreon section? I think maybe he saves that to listen to oh, his partner. That's very sweet. Yeah. That's very it nice. genuinely is their favourite section? Uh, I assume so. I imagine maybe they listen to the rest separately. That's or cute. Sh- and they save the Patreon bit for together. We oh, love you. We that's are- so nice. What are you eating right now? What is it? Tell me. Sounds delicious. Can I have some? Thank you. Bon appetit. Unless it's like a food I don't like. Mm. And, and the list is long. Yeah, the list is long because you're quite a fussy eater. No, I'm not. If you've ordered in from Blue Stool or anywhere like that, I hope <laughs> yeah. I, I I know they do mm, great food. That's right. The creamy That's the better. my problem, not yours. <laughs> Obviously, my problem, not yours. I know. Is that relatable at all? Maybe. Because you two are really shit. affected by I that. I was excited by a jaffle. I think it's definitely a thing that I should be able I to. I think it uh, makes me. It doesn't make me not want to eat there. It just makes me laugh at their choice. Yeah, yeah. I go, what were you thinking? I've just got to be stronger. I think. Yeah, you're weak. Uh, you weak dog. <laughs> thank you so much, Gareth, you legend. I'd also love to thank from London Town in Old England. It's Marley. 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 How about this? I came across this on a book cheat episode. I didn't know this was a rank in the Navy. First Sea Lord. Oh, oh my God. Get fucked. In, in England? Holy shit. I could never have seen that coming. Wow. First I didn't- Sea Lord Marley. Holy crap, that's good. That is Usually great. the highest ranking and most senior admiral to serve in the British Armed Forces. Whoa. First Sea Lord. So good. That's, Marley, that's you. That's not just a cool sounding title. It's also like quite a high up prestigious one. So that's quite an honour, Marley. Absolutely. So you better be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally for me, I'd love to thank from Ridgecrest in California, yay, in America, Annabelle Martino. Oh, an incredible name. Annabelle Martino. I've just looked up a page. I just looked up unique rank names. Uh-huh. And I found one, a website called Fantasy Name Generators. And if I could just pick one of these. Fantasy Name Generator, fantastic. Uh, Purifier. Wow. <laughs> Love it, Purifier. That, Purifier Annabelle Martino. That sounds awful. Yeah, like it sounds like sounds- they're going around just cl- yeah. cl- like killing. Yeah. Yeah, that's In the right. name of God or something. Yeah, it sounds fucked. <laughs> right, and with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> well, can I give you another option? Yeah, I'd say no, give you another option. No, the father. High father. Yeah, father these likes all, a little chuff. These all sound a bit full on, to be honest. Arch sage. 
Oh, God. Uh, Arch Justicar. <laughs> what does that mean? Okay, you're burning through a lot of them now. Yeah, um, we need these. All right, now here we go. Royal Inquisitor. There it is. That's Royal good. Inquisitor. That doesn't that feel as creepy. That also sounds like someone torturing someone for information. It doesn't sound as bad as some of the others. Purifier? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Wow. Um, I was thinking like air purifier, but no, nah, you're probably right. <laughs> Why don't we change the top to air purifier? Air purifier. <laughs> um, may I thank some people as well? Please. I would love to thank from deep within the Fortress of the Moles, uh, address unknown, Connor McKenzie. Connor McKenzie. What about the Right Honourable oh, Connor yeah. McKenzie? It's always a good one, isn't it? Yeah. That's great. The Right Honourable. And uh, we thank you, my lord. <laughs> uh, I would also love to thank from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm guessing SC has to be South Carolina. Wow, very close good. to North Carolina. The place where the first ever mini golf course was officially built. Oh, wow. that's interesting. I also know about that place that uh, that's where uh, Venus flytraps are from. It's disgusting, oh and I gosh. hate all of you. I would love to thank oh, Casey Pearson. I found a good one. Alpha Chieftain. Whoa, Alpha. This is from namesfrog.com. Namesfrog? <laughs> Alpha Chieftain, Casey Pearson. rank names. Alpha Chieftain. That's great. That's real good. Uh, And finally for me, I would love to thank from, well, it's English, so it's probably Rotterham, 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 or Rotherham. (laughs) (laughs) Sam. Sam, what about, um, uh, what did I say here? Squadron leader. Yes, that's good. That's good. They're on the ground. They're getting things done. Yeah, exactly. Squadron leader. Squad assemble. Yeah, assemble. Ho! All right, Dave. Do you want to thank some people? All the way from Rotherham. I would like to thank. Oh my goodness! This person is from a location unbeknownst to us. Oh, I can only assume it's deep within the fortress. They are known as Beyond the Cartoons. Oh, man. Baron. Oh, Baron's very good. The Baron Beyond the Cartoons. I love that. It's, that's a classic, solid, rock solid. Set your watch yep. to that. That's right. Yep. Baron. Thank Baron. you so much, Baron Beyond the Cartoons. I would like to thank now from Flagstaff, Arizona, Justice Robison. This one also comes from Names Frog, Demon Lord. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Demon Lord. Demon Lord. Wow. This one in this same list, it has trainee as another option. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> trainee demon lord. Many, Come on, put them together. <laughs> how many lists would include those two terms? Oh, tra- but imagine you're the trainee demon <laughs> lord. <laughs> trainee demon That's lord. so good. Love that very much. And finally, I would like to thank from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Big shout out to Rachel Lynn. Royal Counselor. Oh, oh Royal, Royal Counselor Rachel Lynn. Yep, I'm on thestoryshack.com. That is so good. That's Royal a good counselor. one. Counselor. You're a counselor, but you're wearing a crown. Mm-hmm. Fancy. You got one of them golden sticks that them <laughs> royals have. What do you call them? Golden sticks. Scepter. Oh, scepter. Of stick. Thank you so much to Rachel. Justice Beyond, Sam, Casey, Connor, Annabelle, Marley, and Gareth. And the last thing left for us to do is welcome a few people into the Triptych Club. Now, Jess, you're so good at explaining what this club is all about. Thank you. Uh, Dave, do you want to do it this week? <laughs> Great. I mean, I'll have a go as the trainee demon lord. Um, what we usually do here is we induct people into the Triptych Club, which these people have been on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years. And to thank them once again for their ongoing support, we induct them into a club slash hall of fame slash hangout place. Mm-hmm. It's a theatre of the mind. It's a clubhouse. There's drinks in there. We all hang out. There's entertainment. Yep. You get hyped up on the way in. And uh, Jess usually organises some sort of food or drink based on the week's topic. This week, obviously, very hard to pick a food. Yeah. Well, I've uh, – because normally it's me, like, 
sorting the menu myself and I do all the cooking and stuff. And this week, honestly, boys, I can't be bothered. <laughs> so I've got some catering in. I've just gone to like a fast food Catering with a K? I've got some catering. Oh, great. Uh, no, I, I went to McDonald's. <laughs> great. Do we get hotcakes? No. Damn. It's after 10.30. Sorry, Damn. All I, got, all I got was fish filet. Oh, wow. Okay. So. In a bun? No. Just <laughs> not a McFish or whatever it's called? It's called a fish filet. Is it? <laughs> It's not called a McFish. <laughs> Isn't it called something? Oh, is it, no, a filet of fish. Oh, like, I, was, I was thinking it's slightly different to that. Isn't filet of fish. Filet of fish. <laughs> I mean, there's McChicken already. Like, but, and they, yeah, they that definitely was on a whiteboard at one point, <laughs> and they're like, I don't think we can do McFish. Doesn't quite sound right. McFish. So yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know what the topic was going to be because Beck was writing the report. I mean, I, I'm actually the only one who did know what the report was going to be on. Um, but instead, I got Macca's. Sorry, and then oh, for drink, we got Mountain Dew, Pepsi, and stuff. Okay, so you went to a different restaurant to get. <laughs> yeah, and I do call McDonald's a restaurant. <laughs> 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 Come on, darling, we're going out for a nice meal at a restaurant. The family restaurant. They still advertise themselves as that. I don't think so. It was such a funny rebranding. <laughs> they've given up on that. Uh, well, uh, oh, no, Dave, you've booked a band for the after party. Oh, you're not going to believe this. What? I've booked in my favourite Kentucky band. <gasps> okay. Oh, my Sweet. God. And uh, a jacket might be required, and my morning jacket would be required because it's Bill Collins. My morning jacket. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I saw them play in San Francisco. Really? <laughs> As the locals call it. <laughs> they don't call it San Fran. San Francisco. No, we've which been we've been told, told that. they yeah. call it San Francisco. San Francisco. So thank you for letting us know. Otherwise, we sounded a little bit foolish. They don't call it San Fran. No, we got. We once got a message saying the locals do not call it San Fran. What do they call something very vague like the city on the bay or something? Yeah, yes, the Bay Area. We're from the Bay Area. But like city by the bay, the city that never sleeps, and we shorten everything. Well, we should if we want to respect their culture. I don't want to respect their culture. (laughs) Why would I do that? (laughs) I'm Australian. <laughs> respect their culture and call it San Francisco. Why don't they respect my culture and say, hey, she shortens stuff. Good on her. You know mm. what I mean? Why have I always got to be the one <laughs> yeah, to respecting change. cultures? Oh, <laughs> I've got to be a triangle fitting in your circle hole. How dare you? How dare you? you? <laughs> anyway. I've bent myself into a pretzel shape for too long. Nah, it's time to let my wings soar. My... Kentucky Fried Chicken Wings. No, honestly, I do. I do like to respect cultures and people. Yes, and we appreciate everything you do over there Thank in so San Francisco, as you say. <laughs> what a great place, <laughs> bro! You're a Kentucky band. They played Kentucky. They played at that the probably the greatest uh, festival I'd ever been to. Lineup wise, the Bridgestone Bridge School Benefit, where it was like forty bucks for Neil Young and whoa. It was actually the last ever gig. I found out after David Crosby died, the last ever gig that Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young ever played. I was there at. Isn't that oh, wild? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that they can't play anymore. No, no, but, no, but yeah. let's make it about you. And that's sick. <laughs> it just blew my When I read that in one of his um, death autobiographies, death biographies, what do you call it? Obituary? Obituaries. This is David Crosby's last ever gig. No, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young's last of the game. Oh, okay, gotcha. The gotcha. super group because uh, super Neil Young group. and oh, so one they of the played on with that. Okay. Well, no, Neil Young just stopped playing with. I think they played on as Crosby, Stills, and Nash, maybe. Right. Um. Anyway, 
Are you ready to welcome in a few of our fantastic Triptych Club members? That's right, yes. You've got the clipboard there. You're reading out the names. I'm the hype guy. I'm on stage inside. We're all clapping. We're all cheering. But, of course, every hype guy needs a hype woman. That's right. And that is Jess Perkins here, who's behind the bar. Have you given us a drink? Yeah, Mountain Dew. Fantastic. And I do recall that very well. <laughs> uh, and I'm still, I've am still i still got this rank name page open, and I think everyone uh, gets a ranking as soon as they enter. And yeah. you, you, you climb up the ladder once you're in there. But one of the rankings on this list is Squire, Perfect. which everyone arrives with. Yes. Once you enter the club, you are a Squire. You're a squire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if I can kick us off, I'm standing there with the door list. Yep. I'm going to read your name. When you hear it, run on in. Dave's on the... Stage, mm-hmm. hyping you up. Here Jess is hyping up Dave. Yep. Are we ready? Here we go. i got a few in today. From Geelong in Victoria, Australia, it's Brianna Nash. Not making a splash, they're making a Nash. Woo! It's Brianna Nash. Maybe the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young Nash. It's Ma- not. Matt. From Westfield, Matt. sorry. From Westfield. <laughs> I went off script. From Westfield, <laughs> Indiana in the United States, it's Ronaldo Scalzi. And Westfield, Adelphia, born and raised, Ronaldo Scalzi. Yeah. Hanging out with my days. Westfield with my Adelphi. <laughs> with my Dave. <laughs> From Baltimore in Maryland in the United States, it's Jocelyn Kravitz. Baltimore. I couldn't get any Baltimore of this person. Yes, Jocelyn. Are you going to go my way, Jocelyn? Matt, stop trying. Damn it's it, Dave's Matt. thing. <laughs> Come on. They would have heard. Jesus Christ, keep the flow they going. They've heard Kravitz their whole life, but this is From unique. Matt, Address Park. unknown. Uh, I hope you're raving on, Jocelyn. For the rave, Baltimore Ravens. Can you stop it? From address unknown, assume from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Sarah Horton. Sarah, here's a who. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. No notes. From no. Florenceville, Bristol in Canada, it's Jamie Allison. Um, you got anything for this one? <laughs> uh, Allison, I hope. It's harder than it looks, isn't it? Uh, Jamie. My aim is true, Alison. Could it pay me to not hang out with Jamie? Great. I was going to say the night's not going to be lamey now. Jamie's here, but that's even better. So we've all all had a go there. From Chemnitz in Deutschland, it's Dominic Linda. Sorry, it's Dominic Lindner. I'd swipe right on Dominic Linda. Oh, like like Tinder. Tinder. Okay. And from Hook in Great Britain, it's... Kieran Marshall, holler for a Marshall. What does that mean? Unfucking believable. <laughs> I just saw you pausing. All I thought right. I was helping. No, I was no you pa- didn't even. <laughs> no, there was no pause. pause. There, there they was might no have pa- edited out the pause, but there was a pause. <laughs> there was zero pause because I was going to say, uh, Kieran, you've got me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. From St. Charles in M O U S A at Sarah Rayfield. M O Montana, maybe? Probably. Oh, right. Sarah Rayfield. Sarah Rayfield. Are you also saying there's no pause here, Dave? Do you need? <laughs> this is why I have to say. There's no pause. There's no pause here. You're a saint More to like me. Hooray, Field. Okay, Sarah's here. Yeah, that's that's, that's really now, really now hype me up. Woo! You're amazing. Okay. Woo! Right, now back to you. Splashdown. You. You've got this. From Peabody, M-A-U-S-A, it's Miguel Acosta. What's it going to cost you to come in? Nothing, because you're on the guest list. It's free. Woo! Dave, what's M-O? What's M-A? I thought you were going to help me out there. Oh, okay. He's busy. I thought one of them's Missouri, isn't it? Yeah, M-O seems like Missouri, maybe. And from Cairns. In Queensland, Australia, it's Andy Hales. <laughs> cans. It was full of cans. <laughs> Speed. <there. laughs> 
<laughs> and Emma is Missouri, so nice. apologies if we said the wrong name earlier. And what about MA? Massachusetts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, we hails you. And finally, from Address Stop Unknown, got to assume deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Kim Forsgren. It's, they ain't dim, it's Kim. Yeah. We ain't against Grin, we're Forsgren. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Just want to be involved. Thanks so much, everybody, and welcome in Squires one and all Kim, Andy, Miguel, Sarah, Kieran, Dominic, Jamie, Sarah, Joslyn, Ronaldo, and Brianna. Now, is there anything we need to tell everyone before we boot this baby home? That if you would like to suggest a topic, if you have come across a story that you think would make for a fun Do Go On episode, you don't have to be a Patreon. You don't have to contribute any kind of money or anything. Um, you can suggest a topic. And there's a link in our show notes. There's also a link on our website, which is dogoonpod.com. You can find us across social media at dogoonpod. Um, and uh, we love you. Yeah. Wash your butt. If, you, if you're new to the show, check out our YouTube channel. There's some v- videos on there, old tour diaries and a few live recorded episodes. And we might even be putting more old live episodes up soon. Mm. So uh, that's uh, youtube.com slash pod. Fantastic. Well said, one and all. We'll be <laughs> back. <was> not listening. <laughs> <laughs> no one's talking. Better jump in here. Fantastic. <laughs> I love uh, yes. and agree with whatever you just said. No, I listened to everything you said. All We're right. going to put more YouTube videos up, and I think you should absolutely like and subscribe. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Ladies. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.